Join the Pop Life Podcast conversation. Follow us on Twitter at the Pop Life Podcast. Find us on iTunes at the Pop Life Podcast. Be sure to rate us, please. And find us on SoundCloud and share and like and subscribe. Thanks. Welcome to the Pop Life Podcast, coming to you from the Crosby Collective Studio. Starring your hosts, Jeffrey Sledge, Naima Cochran, and Sean Young. If it's top of mind in pop culture, it's up for discussion. Thank you for joining us this week. The Pop Life begins in three, two, one. The Pop Life Podcast today is, damn, I really don't even know the day either. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's January 9th. Uh, as you can hear, I am not Jeffrey Sledge. Jeff is on his way right now. You just got Naima Inka. Hello, everybody. So we going to do what? We're going to actually let y'all in on the talk we usually have <laughs> before the guys come on and we start taping. So um, it, me and Inka are both in Merlin. 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 It is cold and windy and rainy here. This weather is the pits. It really sucks. Um, but at least it's supposed to be warm today. It's supposed to be like 50 something, but it's just, it doesn't matter. It's, not, weather, it's weather not 50 something. Sucks. That's a lie. Yeah. It's definitely not. It's 43 right now. It's definitely not. Um, but the weather good. sucks. So it doesn't matter. Um, but how are you feeling, boo boo? I was just saying, I don't really know. <clears throat> I know and I appreciate, and I was saying, I appreciate, I appreciate that answer. It's a real answer. I don't think I've stopped the last couple of days to kind of assess see where Mm -hmm. I am I did um start a few I don't want to call them resolutions but got a little something going on just trying to be better to myself I guess take care of the one body that I have and but the big one is eating I don't eat right you you say you forget to eat and you're so busy with ivy and everything else like it just Everybody in my family, so the three of us eat very differently. Mm-hmm. Ivy is very picky. She has her safe foods. We we try to stay in that lane. Right. Trav eats very strictly. Like he meal preps and will okay. only eat meal preps all week. Like no salt. Like oh wow, I'm not eating that. Right. So <laughs> right. And I like to cook, so it doesn't always make sense. Because or, you're the only one like who's going to eat what you're cooking. yeah. Right. I don't feel like it's always worth the effort. So I end up eating bullshit or just like, I'm not going to live forever eating half a bagel, four chicken nuggets and right. gummy bears every day. Like, Do you know how to, okay. So I'm the, I'm, I'm the opposite of you. Um, My, one of my teachers in high school gave me this, this told me this term and this is exactly what I am. She was like, you're a grazer. I do sometimes eat big meals, but I eat a lot of little stuff all day long. I'm also a heavy snacker, but even without the snacking, I like, like I would be at school. I have like string cheese and you know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm still that person. Like I'd be having snacks. Like I have a toddler because I like. I'll vacillate between eating giant meals and just grazing all day. But the thing with grazing with me is that I'm not eating any protein all day right and see that's where for me sometimes because I also like to cook but the way I cook I love to cook but I hate prep and I hate the cleanup after because I love the prep I'm all I, in I hate <laughs> I hate prep I just wish I could skip right to just being able to cook the thing and a lot of times the reason I don't cook the way I want to cook, because when I do cook, I want to cook like with fresh ingredients. You know what I'm saying? Like I want to mm-hmm. actually cook, cook, not just throw something mm. in the whatever. 
So a lot of times the reason I don't cook is because just the idea of doing the prep work, like I I will psych myself out of it. Yeah. And I was actually having this convo with Jason's daughter. She's 10. She loves to bake and she loves to cook, but she's impatient. So I was mm-hmm. like, you be wanting to make these really complicated recipes, <laughs> but you don't want to actually wait to get to the part where the food is done. I was like, you got to figure that out. I was like, that's why I don't cook that much. So anyway, I say that to say, like, I will do stuff like I will keep, like, the reason y'all always catch me talking about making a ham is because I can't just eat off, I could just walk by the refrigerator and grab a piece of ham. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I can eat off of that easily. I'll keep a roasted chicken. Like, I'll keep stuff that I can just pull off of mm-hmm. and nosh on to make sure I have protein cheese, um, like, uh, sometimes a salami, a ham, like, even if it's roasted turkey, like deli slices, I might just mm-hmm. eat them. I might not make a sandwich. Yeah. I might just eat the protein, you know? So I mean, I, sometimes those are my favorite meals where it's like a, a fake charcuterie where I just have a plate of a bunch of I believe the white, the white girls dinner. are calling it girl dinner or something. Girl like dinner is yeah. me, thousand percent. Me, me is just a grazing thing and, and, and some fruit. As long as I got fruit, yeah, some kind of protein that I can easily eat. But I feel you. Yeah, for me sitting down to eat, I'm trying just, to. Uh, I got ahead. in the habit of when I get home from the grocery store, I will break down everything. So I okay. chop onions, wash all the fruit. Oh, I need put to the do that. In, you know, portion size bags in the right. freezer. That way I always have something I can thaw out easily minutes and get a meal. I need to do that. That makes so much sense. I'm not that person. You're putting groceries away anyway. Why yeah. not just like grab the chopping board, grab your calendar? I'm just not, I'm not, I'm not that efficient yet. I know people who like, when they come down from the grocery, like they break down season and freeze their meats and stuff like that. I'm not that efficient yet. I'm not, I'm not, I need to get there. I need to get there. I'm not, cause I'm not had to be, cause I've never had to like, you know, cook for a family. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's me. I don't know what I'm going to be Like, that was my life. I don't know what time I'm getting home. I don't know what I'm doing. You know, that, that, that's like. Well, now (laughs) so. I had right. to put systems in place because I was just wasting food. Just and that's the, and that's anything. our problem now. We waste a lot of food. Jason and I eat very differently. Like I'm a big um I'm a big chicken and fish person. He's a meat and potatoes guy. Um and he does a lot of like red sauces and pastas and starches. Um I my meals are often not really starchy because if mm-hmm. I start, I won't like if I start with the starches, I'll just not stop with the starches. That's fair. So, um, so we actually tend to independently cook our food, and the kids they always want the same things over and over and over again. So we just, right. just keep whatever they. He keeps trying to get them to eat new things. I'm waiting a couple of years on that battle because it's just not worth it to me. We end up wasting food, so we got yeah, to too much. Yeah, I told him that for 2024 we got to set a grocery budget for the house, um, because we waste a lot of food, and it's too, yeah. groceries are too expensive. And it, the the rent is too damn high. <laughs> it's just too much. So there's that. Um, I also I really got to work on, and this is an ongoing thing. I got I might have to do a whole thirty or something. I got to work on my relationship with sugar. It's a problem. Yeah, I've just accepted it's gonna be part of me. I'm yeah, gonna, I got to sprinkle it in. I'm gonna try to stick to natural sugars, but like I don't do any artificial sweeteners. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like that's how I kind of justify it. I do a lot of raw sugar oh, yeah. and then, you know, but I will eat a fucking Pop-Tart and that just is not a substitute for that. Yeah. I'm, my spirit. I got to I gotta work on that. Enjoyment from food. It's got my relationship with sugar has me in a chill cold. Um, 
I am battling this damn. And I told you, y'all get a real old lady conversation right now. This <laughs> damn got me with like some chest congestion. <laughs> like I can hear it in my car. It's like I've been fighting it off and on, but damp weather is my enemy more than cold mm. um, because I have asthma. So anything that can get into my respiratory system, like I really be seeing damp as a super villain. Um, but I've also been damp as the noun here. It is it's damp. It's a noun. Um, but I've also been like in cold temperature. I've been working in our garage. Um, we have still not. We've been in the house for about a year and a couple months now, or I've been in the house for a year, a couple of months. He's been in the house since for longer, but um, we're still not completely unpacked. So oh. we had like one room downstairs on the main floor that was just supposed to be like the den, but that became like storage. You know what but helps also, me unpack? Do I want to help people over? Yeah, but it's weird because I feel like the only reason I want to have, well, yes, you're right. Having people, which is why our main floor is pretty much together. Mm-hmm. But like that downstairs is supposed to be his room. And I mm-hmm. really want to create it for him because right now he just commandeers the bedroom like all the time. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, this can't be the all purpose room. Yeah, you need your own space. Because the li- well, the living room is t- has somehow reverted to being my space, the main living room. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I want to give him that. And I also want another place to send the kids sometimes, like go somewhere else. So, but cleaning out that room means organizing the garage, which has also become a catch-all. So I've been in there, but I've been in there like at two or three in the morning (laughs) with a space heater on. This is such an ADHD conversation. I am. I can't help it. (laughs) And it's like, but that's when, that's when the spirit moves me to like get going. But then the problem with that is that when I crash, like I crash, you know? Yeah. But But we had a a party. So we moved there in August. Right. We had, the first time we had people over was maybe November. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh shit. We invited like 20 people to the house. And there's still boxes here. And it really, so every day Ivy was in school, I was getting my life in here. And that's how we got unpacked. Well, that happened too. When I moved in the end of October, the beginning of November, we hosted Thanksgiving. But that just pushed me to get the main, the kitchen, dining room, living Mm -hmm. room together. So the way it's been is that the upstairs and the main floor is mostly functional. The dining room had a little bit of clutter. Things just tend to keep move to sight because I'm a person who I don't like to put I like to keep something in my sight until I find a home for it because if I just hide it like put it behind a closed door I will simply forget that it needs to be dealt with does that make sense so I try to keep I try to keep something out that's the ADHD brain in me I can't simply put something behind a closed door unless it's in its home because I will just forget about it until I stumble upon it again and be like oh I still gotta do this thing so there was a little corner of the dining room that was like things I need to figure out where they're gonna go but other than that our living room and kitchen and dining room have been mostly functional but like I said that downstairs area was just becoming like it's some clothing racks down there you know it's furniture we're not using down there so we have to like sort it all out yeah figure out what we're doing with stuff and I'm trying to commit to truly purging which is hard for me the the key to purging is having a third party take that shit out your house. 
And see, that's the problem is that I don't, I can't, you know, I'm not yeah. horror level, but I do, I really do attach sentiment to stuff. And the, I cannot take my hands off enough to have a third party come in and just like do it. Like, no, no, no. You decide oh. the stuff that oh, you want okay. to give away and then have, have somebody come take it. Come get this stuff. Because I think uh, the hurdle is like, what am I going to do with it now that I don't need it? Right, 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 right. And I had a friend do that for me once. And I was mm-hmm. like, this is how you purge. Like it unlocked right. something in my brain. So now on each floor, we have like one little box or bin or whatever of things that are like too small, things I know mm-hmm. I'm never going to wear again, you know. And then right. ever so often, I'll grab all the boxes and take them to consignment or yep. call got junk or whatever. Right, right, right. It's got to go. And I right. can't be responsible for it taking it anywhere because it will never. So, it'll never get there yeah i think i gotta do a and i hate just going to goodwill because people keep saying that like they don't you don't necessarily know where your stuff is going i think that's my yeah. other struggle right is like <clears throat> i have clothes that are like in really good shape i have mm-hmm. things in really good condition that but they're not necessarily valuable enough like i don't think it's worth the effort to list a bunch of 20 dollars stuff on facebook marketplace you know or yeah, something like that can- we're in a really good area for thrifting and consignment specifically. Okay. So you Google it and like I used to work at Ann Taylor. So I have all these Ann Taylor suits, work clothes, yeah, dress yeah, clothes yeah. stuff I am never putting on again. Right. But I know, you know, might get me $15, $20 and they'll trickle you the money as right. they sell the stuff. Okay. So, Maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll do consignment. Because I literally have stuff that still has tags on it, but they belong to a different life that I'm just not... That's the other part is like realizing I that's not me anymore. Yeah. I'm not I'm never gonna wear those clothes again. That's a big ass hurdle. It is. <laughs> it is. Like even some things you love. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff I have that it's just like I'm not gonna find a need for this. Or if I find a need for this by this point, I'm gonna want it in a different cut or a different style or a different whatever. And it doesn't help that like I bought. In 2019, I bought so many clothes. Why? What? Why 2019? Because I was so I was still traveling a lot as a manager, and in those cases, you want easy pieces that are stylish but comfortable that you don't have to put a lot of thought into that you can just throw on when you need to like for meetings or for traveling or for like literally traveling like being on a plane or whatever or being in a car for long periods of time we never or being at rehearsals or being at whatever to you know having cocktail to formal ready for like shows and private engagements and and all that and other different stuff. seasons and climates since you're all it's, over well, yeah or traveling to all these different places like, i gotta be in la a lot i gotta do all this so when we when we went through shutdown I had all these shoes and clothes that I had and like so much black, like, cause that was just my easy go-to and like, I'm sorting through this stuff and like, I found a pair of shoes last night. I forgot I had even bought, like if I had never seen those shoes again, I would have never thought, where are those shoes? You know what I'm saying? Like that's yeah. kind of, <laughs> that's never like me looking them. through all these stilettos, like girl, who? And that's my question like, on. I mean, I'm going to keep them. But yeah. that was the other thing. Like when I used to work in the office, I wore heels fairly frequently. Um, mm-hmm. I, that's not, I'm not wearing heels to school, like to teach. I don't wear yeah. them nearly as much anymore. Um, 
which now my feet are making me pay pay for it when I do wear them, which I'm really not used to. But like, it's just, yeah, my life is different. So I got to figure out like, what do I need now? What does that look like? Um, And I'm still figuring that out. I mean, in the 40s, it's something, something unlocked in me that was like, I don't give a fuck about anything. (laughs) (laughs) I'm keeping only what I love. I only, you know, I think mm-hmm. I went through and purged and got rid of like 20 sweaters. Because mm-hmm. I was like, whose mom are these for? <laughs> I just able, like, I just, I don't want the clutter around me. Right. It's very freeing about just not having a bunch of shit. There is something very freeing about that. There is something very freeing about that. So I, I have been committed to that. And also I've been committed to like, if there's clothing, there's a couple of pieces where I kept saying, where is this? Where is this? Where is this? That I'm still searching for between here and our, mm-hmm. in the storage unit that I also need to clean out. But like, um, you have a storage unit? I have some pieces of furniture <laughs> that yeah. are too big. So like, okay, there's I have a storage unit for two reasons. One is because I have a couple of pieces of furniture that I was holding that came from a family home. Oh, right. The brown that I don't want to get rid of. Right, but right. the second thing is because there are just some things that don't fit in this iteration of our house. Gotcha. When we, when we move into a bigger place, it mm-hmm. will, and I don't want to get rid of it. But um, I also didn't intend to have it this long. I was going to take the furniture down south. So um, I got to go through and figure that out too but there are a couple of things i've been looking for where i'm like where is where is but i've decided that if i come across still in like the the bins of clothes that i have things that i have not thought about i can clearly get rid of those things yeah so that's good i as a life rule do not allow myself to have a storage unit i need to subscribe to that because well one we're military and when they move you place to place, they don't go to your storage unit. They come to your house. So that's mm-hmm. another like piece of moving that I will have to do myself. And I can't justify that for anything that we mm-hmm. don't. Like, I mean, I think I was looking through storage solutions on Amazon the other day. And like a light bulb went off. It was like, just have less shit. You don't need to buy <laughs> more shit. That seems very simple. Shit into. So simple, but I'm over here looking for more things to put things in and i'm like yeah what are you doing you have a three floor house right you don't need anywhere else to put things you need fewer things but see that's the thing right because we also are in a townhouse we have the three floor house but i don't we don't really have the house is built weird like it's just we yeah. don't have as much storage as we should like the laundry room isn't really doesn't really allow for anything in it it's just like washer dryer with one shelf behind like the collapsible closet doors or whatever mm-hmm. so okay. if we have better storage here i think i'd be but it's just not it's not great oh wait Swanty. that's fair yeah okay we're gonna <laughs> we really into like, the chat that. so we're gonna conclude <laughs> the old black lady uh coffee clutch. They called it the Marion Rose of, of the show. <laughs> but like yeah, clean out your spaces, people. It will yeah. change your life a little bit. Um, but what I also will say, going back to like where we started with like New Year's resolutions, I've decided instead of resolutions, there are uh practices that I want to do. Um, I'm failing miserably 
so far. Um, but I'm giving myself, I'm also giving myself a couple of weeks to ease into it. I don't believe in, you got to go out 100% on January 1st. It's too much pressure. Me neither. I usually start good things after my birthday, since it's so close to the beginning of the that year. Sense. So. That makes sense. Sean, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you guys. You Can you guys hear me? We can hear you. Hi, Happy New Year. <laughs> I mean, we talk to you every day, but <laughs> so the audience can hear. Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year. Yeah. <laughs> We've been talking about our fake resolutions and also clearing space in our homes uh, yeah. and not buying more shit. So, are you a resolutions guy? I feel like your life is pretty consistent. Yeah, we did like... a lot of that. Um, yeah, I, I, I am to myself personally, but, uh, you know, I'm not a big resolutions guy. Like, I don't have a list of shit that I'm just about to fake the funk until February, you know, um, I try to be consistent. I try to, I'm, I'm a big, did I win today guy? Got it. That's how I kind of operate. Like, like for me, my question at the end of the day is, did I win today? Whether it was, did I work out? Did I diet properly? Like, did I eat properly today or did I lose today? And if I could win more of those days, if I could say I won today, then you know, God bless. That but like, a really I'm not. Lovely I'm not. Way to live. That makes sense. Listen, I, and and to be quite honest, my life does not provide me the. My life doesn't really provide me the stability to do all of the shit that I think I want to do. Right, like I move around a lot. I have um a lot going on like I could sit here and tell myself like I'm gonna get up at 6 a.m and work out and like nigga I'm not getting up at 6 a.m <laughs> like, right like I'm not one of those guys like I'm definitely old black man like I'm not gonna miss no work and I'm not right. gonna miss no flight to get up early right. but right. I'm not generally getting up at the fucking crack of dawn just for the sake of getting up at the crack of dawn, my right. nigga. This this workout will be here at at 6.30, um, right <laughs> before the... Right. Okay. And that's how my life is. So, yeah, I'm not a big... I'm not a, I, I do make a commitment to consciously, and I have made a commitment consciously to, like, make sure I'm feeding my relationships properly, like, mm -hmm. that I'm being reciprocal, in those spaces and that the spaces where I'm, I'm being asked um, to give up myself, that those are reciprocal relationships. Like I don't like, mm -hmm. I that's become the burden on me. Right. It's like having these sort of relationships where I'm carrying the water uphill mm. both ways and that's family included. Um, and I had to really take a second over the holiday to really kind of like start to decompress and stop taking on that shit like a part of that's the curse of being a dependable one yeah yeah you know it's like a part of me is like i know i'm stressing about this thing that i really don't have any business stressing about but i know if i don't follow up with them they're gonna not do this and then mm -hmm. if shit hits the fan i gotta it's almost like uh, the ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure type right. shit. 
because you're going to have right. to handle the pounds right. later. <laughs> exactly yeah. right. Like, like, hey, I'm homeless. It's not really <laughs> some shit I could just turn around and go to sleep at night on, right? So I kind of need to make sure, like, hey, man, did you follow up? Did you do what I tell you to do? Did you do? And it could be a little exhausting. Um, but, you know, heavy is the head. And, you know, I, the reality is, is I'm the patriarch of my family. And that's who I am. Yeah. yeah. That's so. rough, though. That's I got right. I got I got a good amount of I got a good amount of hey Uncle Sean texts over the over the holidays, <laughs> which, which ended up turning into some cash apps and yeah. all of that. But you know it is what it is, man. They did the you know in fairness they check on me. Uh, you know for Father's Day and my birthday, I get a slew of texts too and right little cards and stuff. So I don't be tripping. That part is good. Um, I'm curious with both of y'all because you guys, you know, I'm in this situation right now where I'm commuting, spending half of my time in New York and half of my time in Maryland, and it's going to be even more intense this semester coming because I have another class and I have more responsibilities. But both of you kind of have you're in partnerships where one of you is home way more than the other. How do you balance out like what they call it, like the emotional labor, the person who has to keep track of all the things and the and what's happening right now, I carry the emotional labor in the house or the mental load, the mental mm-hmm. labor. Like, we're about to run out of this. We need to do the da da da. But I'm the person who's not here and I don't know how to transfer that over. How do y'all handle that? Um, money. Okay. Yeah. Take as much <laughs> mental load off of your plate as possible. Automate right. your deliveries. Um, yeah. Get a housekeeper. Um, yeah, housekeepers on the list. Off of your plates, do that, and then the rest is yeah. make sure you carve in some rest time. For I, I mean, who walks in a room like that? What are we doing? Um, <laughs> but for us, we talk often and very openly. When I'm fed up, before I get to that point, I make sure that we make a little appointment. That's like, hey, nigga, I'm a little overwhelmed. Um, right. And he's really receptive to yeah. that. He does the same for me. So open communication and, and money is, is what I'm, yeah. Yeah. Um, I would probably, I would probably agree with that. Um, I still kind of take on, I mean, listen, the reality is, is the kids have grown um, by and large, right? Like they're, they're independent, Um so there was a bit of a shift for me um, as they kind of transitioned out and I'm traveling and I'm moving around and I'm doing more with the business, but I still carry that part of the house um, with me, sort of managing the house pretty much, you know what, right, I'm, right. what I'm saying? And it's fairly, in fairness, it's fairly automated to some degree, right? Like it's fairly coasting. Like I have, like, for example, I have vendors or people that come to the house to do work. Like my man, Andre is a carpenter. Like I don't have to be concerned with Andre coming into the house. If the caregivers, right. Like, like I've known Andre for 20 plus years. Um, so this is not, it's not super intense. I don't have to stand on top of him. I don't have to, um, shit. I got to call him and tell him to send me his bill. So like 
when you have vendors right. like that just kind of come in, I got everything on autopilot. I got um uh everything is pretty labeled, it's pretty fairly easy. Um, like we had an emergency plumbing situation at the house. Justin was home. It got knocked out the next day. You know, call you know, I sent him a number, call this guy because I have an account. They show right up the next day. So I've 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 done it's difficult when you're managing, you know, multiple locations like that. Um so I can totally understand and and, and how that could be, you know. It could be overwhelming. It, it it could be quite a lot. Yo, Instacart is my friend. Like now, when I go to the grocery store, it's just it's simply because I want to, and it's right next to me. Right. It's not like like I, that's one thing that I shut off my time with. Like I'm not doing this two hours a day. You know, I'm yeah. not doing this shit two hours three times a week. Like I'm just. I'm, I'm I'm ordering shit. I'm going as we need. I'm not fucking with them big Costco runs. I'm not right. doing. I, I don't need 87 granola bars. I just don't fucking <laughs> need it in the house. So right, um, right. That sort of stuff. I've just you know, I've just figured that part out. But yeah, I, I get it, man. And 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 the the, the social calendar comes from me. Like she really handles the business calendar mm-hmm. um, and, you know, managing those sorts of functions. And then I kind of handle, like, the personal calendar. Like, yo, right. we need to go to this thing or I need to go, you know, that sort of stuff. Right. Yeah, that's what um, we're we're definitely trying to figure out that balance now because I'm also the person who's like if I if I mention it I want it done immediately and that's not always reasonable so I also gotta it never is it's Whether never is. immediate motherfuckers unless there's an emergency <laughs> you, <laughs> what, what I've discovered is like parenting is so unpredictable that mm-hmm. I have to be organized with all the predictable shit right so like, I will do a giant Sam's run, you know, at the beginning of the quarter or whatever, and just get 30 rolls of paper towels, 50 rolls of toilet paper, just because like certain stuff I know we're going to need Right. versus Ivy's appointments might be all over the place. You know, she might have, like, she had a a medical emergency and we had to kind of go in and be up and do all the shit right before the Mm -hmm. holiday. We were prepared for that because I had taken care of like everything we needed for the trip way before we had to go you know what i'm saying right like, right right so everything we can automate i automate it period i think that's also where i am so sean um the other thing i was saying before you came on but i said this in our text group this morning is that we still weren't completely finished um unpacking and organizing the house even though we have a townhouse it's the spaces we have here are weird um to me anyway like it's a it's kind of an open it's kind of an open concept and the rooms are shaped strange. And we also have a lot of windows, which is beautiful, but it also limits our wall space, which means it limits where shelving can go in places that make sense. So storage solutions have been tricky. So um, our downstairs, our ground floor was supposed to be like the den family room has become a catch all because the laundry's in there. So just like everything's in there. It's like, whatever. 
Um, and I've been clearing that out and organizing our garage. And my goal is to have everything in a place where we can have a housekeeper come in because every place has a home and I can automate stuff because we have a place to put bulk purchases and stuff like that. But like, that's, that's also been a challenge. It's just like, how do I organize a home? That's not just for me. Cause I'm used to just doing do it. money. Yeah. Get like you said, throw money, at it. throw money at that problem. Get, yeah. there are people who will come to your house for, I know I have, I have control. I have control issues. I can't let nobody else do it. And there are people who will like <laughs> adhere to your every instruction for a very yeah. small amount of money to take care of stuff like I that. I think that is where I need to get to is just because I, I, I finally got to a point where I throw money at little stuff like calling TaskRabbit to do stuff around the house that I just don't feel like doing that at one point I would try to do. But I think I need to get to the point of throwing money at the bigger stuff I'm trying to take on. To. You might be you might be looking at this. You might be looking at this. Um, in you should maybe look at it in a bit of a reverse way mm. in that you should you should maybe find the housekeeper that you can have a relationship with right right like that you that you connect with and kind of get you and then that person can then organize the home in a you way that, that makes, makes sense. sense for you that makes like, sense for example for example we you know like our our you know our housekeeper um was really able to like do a bunch of things with like Mona's clothes and her wardrobe and mm. you know seasonal shifts and things like that like things that you don't really think about that kind of like ends up in a box and you don't you know what I'm saying and then and so but understanding the person you know you get a couple weeks in there like hey just come in and just do some basic cleaning I'll mm. be here for you know the first couple times you know, and then they'll start to understand the things you like and the things you, right. and more importantly, the things you don't like. Right. You know what right. I'm saying? Like there are certain things that I don't like and those are just my deal breakers. And I just, you know, say, Hey, like you, you know, don't do X, Y, and Z. Now mm-hmm. for me, that's like, I can count that on you know, one hand. I, I mean, it's like one or two things right. for me, but, um, you know, for someone else, right. Like it might take a little bit of time, but right. you should, you should, you should see it in a bit of reverse because honestly, the hardest thing is going to, is going to, is going to find, is going to be finding someone to be in your space. Right. 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 Like literally finding a person that you're comfortable with physically being in your space, like knowing that they're like, you know, in in your most intimate settings right like and mm-hmm. that takes a minute to kind of get and i don't know that i've ever felt um comfortable like to be honest even the people that we've transitioned out of that role um have been people that we knew right like right. this, this might have been um a person that came in and, and worked with our a previous housekeeper a couple times so we knew them there was a rapport there was right there was some connection it wasn't like a total stranger so yeah i think that's going to be your, your biggest hurdle is going to be finding that person that you can tolerate and then get you to the point where you can start to let some of those things go like hey um and and even when you want to correct them like hey i don't really like the paper towels up here yeah, you know, I like them down here because I, you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah. then you can kind of fine tune those things. Right, that's a yeah. good point. Thank you for all that. this. And I actually like I don't have a housekeeper. And I don't mm-hmm. <laughs> throw a lot of money at stuff, but I also don't work. So if you're doing the mental load and right. outside of the housework, like that's a whole other beast. So I'm right. 
for right. especially black women taking shit off of your plate if you can like because i think one of the things that i'm going through and i realized it um and i'm gonna ask y'all about y'all's holidays because this is but this is when i realized it for me as um y'all know and i think i think we've done a couple of shows since then um we hosted thanksgiving at cheyenne's house <clears throat> but around the holidays was when i noticed oh jeff's here was when I noticed that when I would, because I stay at Friends of the Show, Whitney's house, which even though she doesn't live there full time, she's still in and out of there. It's still her stuff. It's still her house. So it's kind of like I'm a, I'm a guest. She's giving me full run of the house, but it's still like I'm in somebody else's house. When I come home and I don't find things the way I left them because I don't live here alone, I'd be about to snap because I'm just not used to it. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, how can we put this in a place where I'm not walking in the door looking at like my eyes look my eyes start darting around like is my shit that you just gotta um i think i instill a pretty healthy level of fear in the people that live in this house (laughs) (laughs) where there's certain areas that just Mm -hmm. like please don't fuck this up right y'all can have the full reign of the other house everybody has their own unique space where nobody has to be in it that's really key that's um, the other part I'm trying to get to. But they're not going to leave this stuff the way you want it. You're always going to come home to a dirty house. I'm so sorry. To, uh... You just taping? <laughs> yeah, we're taping. We've been talking about okay. house organization and mental loads and, and okay. uh, all of that type of t- what When you start throwing money at things to take them off your plate. But what I didn't, I was waiting for you because it was your first, uh, it was your first, holidays with your grandbaby to ask about everybody's holiday we haven't even done poppy's that. here happy new year I, you, uh, you said poppy and not pop pop I I gotta give you, some props. you did now you did and i gotta give you some props for that because i hate that pop pop <laughs> shit um yeah that was that was a trip i mean you know you guys will see obviously like i'm a little further ahead than y'all but eventually all y'all will see like seeing your child be a parent is a total mind fuck this is a total mind I- but to see your imagine. child, like your child, doing what you did to them, right? You know right, saying? right. It's just like, what is? I don't even, I'm like, where did he even learn to do this? I'm also you know trying to visualize you because I have not. I realized, Jerry, I haven't seen you in a setting with kids. Like, ever. No, I'm kids, kids, you know, kids like me. I know, I know. I have no question that you are uh-huh. wonderful with kids. I just haven't seen it. You haven't so seen it's it, very yeah. hard for me to visualize you. As a grandfather, yeah, it was very hard for me to visualize it, <laughs> you know. But um, it was a good thing. I mean, the first I, I went to see her twice when I was home. Um, the first she is time, the cutest, happiest little thing. Yeah, oh my happy, god, yeah. and chunky. Yeah. And the first time I went, I, I was was which was threw me off. But I was a little, I was a little apprehensive the first time to like hold her. I was about to say, when was the last time you really held a baby? No, maybe somebody. Maybe um, no, no. It was definitely people after children after Julian, but it's been a quite a long time, right? Um, it's been years and years. Like probably a strong twenty years. Yeah, it's been a long ass time. Yeah. So like to to um, I was just kind of apprehensive, like you know, and it it, it was kind of weird, you know, saying because I I thought I I thought I'd come in. Are they making the babies different now than they do? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, black people like give me that baby. You don't know that baby. Give me that baby. You put that hold hold the baby head up and all. You know, but um, but it was nice to see Julian and and, uh, Amanda like they're very much a team. 
and they, you know, just very much, you know, doing stuff together and working together. And then they like, you know, I changed them last time and all that. None of that shit is going on. But yeah, so the second the second time I went, um, I was more comfortable. I, I was almost like I was waiting for, in a weird way, waiting for her to be more comfortable with me. And I think the second time she kind of was like, oh, yeah, I seen this dude the other day. You know what I'm right, saying? Right, like, right, yeah, right. I, I seen this nigga. I, was, but it was cool, and I held her a lot more the second time. But, yes, it was, I mean, obviously it was really good. It was just a trip, just a, yeah. just a really a trip, man, to, 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 you know, but um, in a good way. And then obviously as she gets older and bigger and stuff, I'll be able to do, I'll do more stuff with her. But it was great. The rough thing great. is that, you know, in these first few years, and this is what, so I used to have this thing, I kind of just got out of it a few years ago where like, I would not, like, I would, I would, I would watch my friend's kids as babies. And once mm-hmm. they could talk, I did not rock with toddlers because toddlers hurt your feelings. Like you build this whole, rapport, you'll build this whole rapport with them. Y'all be good. You build Bruh. trust. Y'all best friends. And the next time you see that nigga, they like security. Why your feet look like that? Like, <laughs> yeah, what? Yeah, like, damn, my little, my nephew wow. was very big on like, what's that smell? Like, yeah. <laughs> somebody will walk in the room and be like, what's that smell? Yeah, you're like, that? damn. Damn, you're like, bro. Chill, chill, <laughs> chill. Oh, you know? yeah, also, also I, think, I think looking back, I'm not a kind of re- replaying part of the, the trip of my mind. Um, and I'll say it, you know, for the Popeye podcast and for y'all, you know, a couple of y'all be able to relate. But I went to see um, the first day I went to see a man, meet Amanda. I went to see uh, my godfather. Right. They live super close. I mean, I know I mentioned right. show my godmother passed last March. Yeah. So going there, going to the house was a trip because I keep waiting for her to come out. Like, I'm like, where's right, Ron Rose? Right. Like, was she in the kitchen? Like, you know, I keep looking and I think she's not there. And then my godfather has really bad dementia. So that was a trip too. That really tore me up. Um, because he didn't remember me. Yeah, he didn't remember. He was like, hey, look, yeah, I know you look familiar. Who's whose child are you? You know, like and you know, they of- re- they forget the younger people the earliest. Yeah. Because um, your 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 most recent memories tend to go first. And that, yeah. that is that's what it is. Rough. His short term, his short term memory is gone. Yeah, it's totally gone. But his yeah. long term memory is kind of there. So I, I said, "I'm Oliver's son," and he'd be like, "Oh, Oliver," because they grew right. up together. Since they were like twelve. He's like, "Oh, Oliver, right, right. yeah, Oliver, man." And he'd be like, "So you're Oliver's son?" You know. So yeah. dealing with that, I I had never actually dealt with dementia that closely before. It's rough. Um, you know, my I said I knew he had it and stuff, but just to deal with it and be in it was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I was. I was, you know, I was cool there when I got in the car to break out. I was definitely like just rocked, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, damn, like, and then I'm going to see Amanda. So I think right. also that was all on me too. Like I was dealing with Uncle Letty don't remember me. And then I'm going to meet my grandchild for the worst. It was really like this real swing. You of mean Violet? You're calling Violet Amanda? Uh, yeah, Amanda's <laughs> her mother. Excuse me. Um, yeah, Violet. Violet, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you know, obviously I'm doing that shit the old black people do. You know yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know what I meant, Charlie. Somebody <laughs> said, uh, you know, people are doing that. I'm such and such. Of course I'm going to. I saw I'm a black parent. Of course I'm gonna call you by everybody else's name before I get to <laughs> exactly. exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, so, end, yeah. yeah, with my grandmother, I was gonna say she remembered my mom, but she thought I was my mom. And mm-hmm. she thought my mom was her mom. 
Mm. Wow. wow. Yeah. So she didn't know yeah. me at all, but like wanted to be around me a lot. And then right. I guess yeah. her and her mom had had like a difficult relationship. So, so she, she didn't, didn't want to be around, want to be around oh, my mom rough. a lot. Yeah. So that was very tough. But then yeah, there's like tough. a moment of clarity right at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She kind of remembered all of us. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, my grandfather forgot me for and when his dementia got bad, he was nonverbal. So we were really just going by like his physical cues. Kind of spend time, yeah. Yeah, but he um and even before he was nonverbal, like the things he would say just did not make sense. And yeah. and it was weird because I was always like wondering like granddaddy are you understanding what we're saying but you can't communicate back or is it just a whole other thing playing? yeah it's just not even clicking but i was the first person he stopped recognizing and when which was really hard i'm about to tear up thinking about but when he did recognize me he thought i was my mom because my mom and i look very similar at the same at that age age. at that age but now when his mother she didn't really have dementia per se it was just like the her sight had faded her hearing had faded and she was like in her 90s so it was just like the lack of yeah the lack of cognition that comes just like at that age in life age yeah she was telling people um there was a point my grandfather had her in new york and i would go see her she was telling people that my grandfather was having an affair because he had some woman up in the house she was talking about me (laughs) <laughs> I don't know what that heifer is. Oh my god! Oh, that gal is Donnie got up in the house. Got some young gal yeah. up in there. Right around. That hurt yeah. my feelings so bad. That it's, a, it's a rough. That's a rough yeah. thing. I said that was that was that was. But you know, yeah. so it was it was a lot of a, a lot of swinging. A lot of that's a cycle. Of, you went through a full cycle of life. I you literally did. did, in in just like an hour's time, it was like yeah. you know. And then it's a lot, but you know, being in New York was um was good. I did. I didn't miss it though. I, I didn't go feeling like, man, I really miss this. It's kind of that's like, been my yeah. thing. You don't miss it as much as you think you will. No, I didn't miss it much. At all. I was good. I yeah. you know I stayed with Penny, so I got to spend a lot of time with her, which was dope. Um, of course, we had. Um, what time Mr. did y'all Dino. eat? Shit, man. <laughs> that's what, eight eight thirty nine. It was late. It was late. We did good. We did good this year because Cheyenne told us she wanted to eat at five thirty. She knows what to do with me. She told us we want. She wanted to eat. No, she told us she wanted to eat it. Yeah, five thirty. Okay. So we were trying to get to the house by four thirty to help. Set up. Mm. We live like for, but we were also cooking the turkey, the ham, and I was doing fish. But I was going to do fish at her house because I was doing mm. salmon. That doesn't take no time, and like rice and gravy and some other things. So of course we were running behind because we had the kids, which was a whole nother element of getting ready for Thanksgiving that I just was unprepared for. Tried Christmas. to be prepared for, but still unprepared for. But she knew what to do because I walk in thinking that everything else is ready and they just waiting on us. And of course, like nothing else was ready because <laughs> she just knew that was what she was going to have to do to light a fire under my ass. Yeah, to we get you like, going. Yeah, we were still an going. hour late. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so it's like, yeah, yeah. We yeah. walked out the door at the time we were supposed to be at of the course, house. Of course, so of course. I was like, all right, you got me on that. But we ate at a decent time. Okay. And we had my mom and Eric, Mr. Eric, but also Cheyenne's mom and stepdad were there. Okay. So, like, my mom and Cheyenne's mom, we've only been in the same place with them twice, with both of them. In life. In life. Only wow. been in the same place with both of them twice. Once was my cousin got married a couple of years before my dad died. It was the last time any of us saw my dad. 
Um, that was the first time. And that was the first time, not only that my mom and Cheyenne's mom were in the same place with us, but that all of us were together with my dad. That was the only time that ever happened. And how long ago was this now? That was 2014. That was the first time that ever happened. So Cheyenne's grown, I'm grown. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, this is the only time that ever happened. I'm, you know, and then like, I'm almost 40 at this point. Mm-hmm. And then um, the second time was my father's memorial. Um, So because, you know, Cheyenne grew up in Chicago. I was in South Carolina, you know, like whatever. So my mother had never met Cheyenne's stepfather, which is crazy because I have like, Cheyenne's stepfather is like my step stepfather you know we mm-hmm. have like a whole relationship or whatever so that was interesting to like see like the blended family unit come together jason's like i need a whiteboard because jason hasn't <laughs> met jason hasn't even met Rebecca. Like, yeah, like there's yeah. a whole nother sister and brother-in-law and oh, like yeah. that whole yeah, Rebea, yeah, exactly. situation right but um it was it was it was like cool to see um, my mom's watching me with Jason's kids and my stepmom watching me like on this bonus mom journey or whatever. Plus, you know, it was Cheyenne's birthday. She has her friends there. I have my people there. Like it was like a good multi-generational. Yeah, it was a like, thing. It was a thing. thing. Yeah, That's it was good. exhausting though, but it was That's good. That's good. It was cool. It was cool. It was cool. Yeah. Inca, yes, Sean, what did y'all do? Yeah, we but we did still eat at a decent time. Yeah, y'all, nice. y'all beat us for sure. Well, Inca, how was your nigga pies? Um, <laughs> your, excuse me, your naysayer pies. <laughs> Go ahead, Sean. You can, I feel like Sean has something ready to say. Go ahead, bro. What happened? I said, Go, oh, no, nah, I was just going to say, we, we, we ain't do shit. We ain't do shit. We took it light on Wait, uh, for Thanksgiving or Christmas? Because don't y'all usually host Thanksgiving? No. Thank yeah, Thanksgiving is never light. Thanksgiving is never light for us. Which is um, why Christmas is light because you, you got so much doing Thanksgiving. Yes, Christmas like 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 that's kind of my trade off. Um, mm. We did do a Christmas Day little dinner, um, but um, you know it was like you know nothing nothing spectacular. You know we really do we really sit home and watch Christmas shit all day. Like we we will watch like the Home Alone. The Elf, yeah, um, all of the Christmas movies, um, and then usually around this time of the year, we'll get um, films um, because Mona's a part of the Producer Guild. You know, we oh, watch okay, the films okay, together okay. Um, that come through. They, they used to give you physical cop physical screeners, but they no longer do that now. Wait, do you I remember, that, they, they, I remember now? back then because I used to have it. friends who would pass them along so you could watch them. Yeah, where well, do you get a link now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you get a link now, and you have to put in your code, and 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 you'll have. Um, it's actually it's actually dope in a way because like it's a limited number of watches, so it's not like you can just continually watch it forever. Yeah, watch it, yeah. Um, or send yeah, the links so, to the people um, and all that shit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you could definitely. I mean, listen, it's definitely trackable and traceable if your shit is just out there. You know what I'm saying? Because it's yeah. watermark too, so. And and you know nobody's really doing that. Like I'm not, you know, like you know, go to the movies. Yeah, exactly. Pay, send them to Ray Ray. <laughs> send them to Poop and yeah. shit. Like, yeah, come on, well, we, we, you know. So, um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. And even for even for New Year's, man, we didn't do shit, man. We really, we literally went upstairs at like eleven fifty-five. 
to my mother-in-law's room. Gave her a little bit of champagne. Okay. You know, woke, woke her up, gave her a little bit of champagne. She took a little swig. We was back downstairs by like 1203. Yeah. <laughs> you know now, so, where, now, where were the kids? How did the kids split up their holiday now? Because they both grown and dating and doing all this other stuff. So Justin was out. I think I might have seen that nigga like twice <laughs> from like December 18th or 19th. I think I might have seen him twice. He was out in the street. He out in the world. And, you know, that's fine. Jordan, um, Jordan actually stayed with us New Year's Eve. But then she had gone out like the night before because, you know, they got the cousins now and they all they yeah, got their license yeah, yeah, and they're all college. They're moving. Age, they're moving. So. They're outside. They're moving. Yeah, they're moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This this one was a little like last year we did a little party for them. Okay. We did a little party at the house. Um, and then the older kids left sort of at like, you know, 1245, 1 a.m. Yeah, and then the like all of the younger kids. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's how they do it. They, they'll split up and and Jordan actually um hangs with Justin. They don't they don't have that weird yeah like you can't hang with me like he'll take her. Yeah. yeah, he'll he'll definitely take her somewhere and you know she you know she's 20 man so like yeah, she, yeah, you know she, she, she got she's an adult. She's a young adult. She got, young she adult. got bread in a, a pocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? She good. She good. She out there, you know? You know. Hey, uh, but since we talk about uh, Christmas, let's talk about uh, uh, color purple. I didn't see it, but I know. I got to dip out because so. I ain't well, see. Well, I mean, not that there's hold on, hold on. No, yeah, ain't no spoilers. Ain't no you spoilers. see the damn so, movie? Never mind, my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. So, <laughs> oh wait, oh, Inca, what was, yeah, how was your how was your nigga pies or your or your, your naysayer pound cake? Pound <laughs> <laughs> cake. Once, one to take home, which is such a high compliment. But um, so for Christmas, we're supposed to go to South Carolina. Um, like that Thursday, mm-hmm. but that the week before, Ivy handed her teacher a piece of tooth at school. Ooh. Um, so of course okay. we gave it to the dentist, and the niggas are like, you know, we gotta get in there. Ivy yeah. is not a kid who's gonna sit in a dentist chair and let them do that. So she had to go under. So we prepared for surgery. Okay. Um, which was really crazy because the doctor came out of surgery and handed me a cup of teeth. That's great. Which was very jarring. But yeah, that's, that's I have crazy. a daughter who does not display pain indicators. So I had no idea that her uh. two front teeth were loose and wow. that she had a cavity in this tooth that was cracked and all these things. So she had just a little procedure and they did everything, gave her a really good cleaning. But being handed a cup of teeth is very jarring. We had to do that the Friday before Christmas. That was the only time they could do it. So right after that, I was all worried, like we're not gonna be able to go. And But the next day she woke up and was eating bacon like nothing had happened and okay. making it happen with no two front teeth, which I thought was really cute. And so we got on the road. We went to South Carolina and had a ball at my sister-in-law Crystal's house. Um, I ended up helping them cook, which is how we got dinner on the table for everybody at five because she handed me. So we were supposed to eat at four. She handed me frozen shrimp at like... 3.30. Cause she was like, we're making a low country boil. Like, we're doing <laughs> this. And I'm like, 
I could be on my kind of timeline. It could be like, listen, <laughs> it may be the middle of the night, but my spirit says it's time to do this. I was like, there's no way that you just had enemy frozen shrimp and people are like here. So um, it was really cool to like be really like in with my in-laws and Good. they're very cool. And I took my mother-in-law and my sister's-in-law to see the color purple as like my gift to them the day okay. after Christmas. And that was really dope. Like, I love, like, my mother-in-law is salt of the earth, good people. Like, they just don't make them like that anymore. So it was just good to see everybody. And then New Year's, we thought we didn't have a babysitter, so we didn't plan shit. And then my mom was like, bring that baby over here. So we just ended up on the couch watching random movies. And we stayed awake till midnight, which never happened. So that was it. That was it. So And then I got... Hella surprise for my birthday, which is yeah, crazy. Right, right. Yeah, you was the birthday girl. I was a birthday girl. January I need 5th. you to give Trav my contact info because we now live in the same area. I will. Like, I will. Yes. Okay. Yeah, Trav. Um, been, so color purple. What y'all think? Color purple was amazing. Was. I've heard nothing, but I only heard one person say they didn't love it. Well, Everybody you else, saw, you didn't see it. I, you saw it. I didn't see it yet. I was going to oh, go. Okay. I was going to go at some point on Christmas. I needed, so to back up, when I came home, my semester didn't end until December 20th. I was burnt out. And like the last two days we were seeing senior presentations. So I had to be fully present from like 12 to five every day watching senior presentations. So this semester, I wasn't just, I wasn't so much, I realized I wasn't so much physically exhausted as my social tank was on E. Because mm. it was the first time I had to engage with a a staff, a full staff, like on a regular basis as part of a team in years, right? And had to be in an office on a regular basis in years, like not even just on some pandemic shit, Because, but I started working for myself like two years before that. But also the level of engagement you got to give to 18 and 19 year old students. Yeah. So socially, I was on E. So I really yeah, didn't want kids. It, like Christmas and the kids were at the house when I got home we had them for like a couple days before Christmas so like I didn't want to go nowhere I didn't want to see nobody I didn't really want to have to talk to nobody I had my tree up I had my lights up I was burning my little Christmas scented candles and wrapping gifts and just chilling and doing nothing so like Cheyenne came over to my house on Christmas after she went to see the movie but I was like I don't want to go nowhere so it wasn't even that I didn't want to see the movie I just didn't want to go outside i just didn't want to do nothing for a couple of days and i just still haven't yet gone to see it but i am going by my my mom saw it they enjoyed it um everybody cheyenne said they enjoyed it everybody know who this is said they enjoyed it i'm going eventually yeah yeah it'll be it'll be on streaming i ain't gonna wear purple but i'm gonna go yeah i did not Um, wear purple you saw it yeah i watched it it was in one of the uh apps for the producers guild Okay. Yeah. Um, what do you think? Yeah. Um, you know, God bless. <laughs> um, it's not my bag. God's God bless. Me. And I'll explain. <laughs> I, I'll explain why. It's really brief. I just think that. Yes, I, I I I did not read the book The Color Purple, but I did watch the original. And one of the did things you that see the original the Broadway does, productions. I saw I saw the Broadway when we saw Broadway Productions. I saw it when it came to DC. The Broadway production when it on on Broadway. Yeah, I saw the Broadway production first run 
Um, I'm, I'm, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm not a, I, I enjoy Broadway, but I'm not a Broadway guy You're like that. You're not a musical guy. Either. And it was definitely a great experience. It was a, it was a great experience on Broadway. That's a different. I, I look at that as just a different medium, right? So when mm-hmm. I watch a film, I have different expectations of a film. Um, in the same way, like I've always said this, even about Tyler Perry, like I actually thoroughly enjoy his live stage plays far more than I enjoyed the films. The stage plays are incredible. Um, say that again. I'm sorry. The English oh, stage I was just saying, the stage plays are incredible. Yes. And so, to me, with Color Purple, to, to put it plainly, um, I think that there's a lot of nuanced dialogue in the Color Purple that really makes it um, a great film. And I think that because this was a musical, that that dialogue pacing is a little bit rushed. Mm. Um, there's not a lot of nuance in it. You don't have a lot of meat and potatoes on it. You have to be familiar with that story in order to really, in my opinion, in order to get and enjoy the musical. Um, And listen, it was a. I love seeing people working, right? So a ton of dancers, a ton of you know great actors, young actors, you know, a young choreographer. Like I, I love seeing all of that. It just was not my taste. Yeah, um, I got you. I got but you. it wasn't it wasn't bad. Like I'm trying to explain, like it wasn't a bad film. It wasn't a bad, you know, there was just nothing bad, bad about it. It just was it's just not my bag. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, yeah, yeah, I know you cook this dish to perfection. However, yeah, I don't like that shit. Yeah, I don't really fuck with that shit. But I respect what you did. You know what I'm saying? I I dig it. God bless but like any, you know. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm gonna catch it. Um, I mean, I of course loved it. You know, I'm always here for the girls and the singing. I'm not a big musical person either, but for me, it was like, um, a the casting between Fantasia and Young Seely um, mm-hmm. was absolutely spot on, incredible. Uh, Felicia Pearl is the girl who played Young Seely and she mm-hmm. did so well and she is not getting her flowers I don't think like she's supposed to be um, and I really love the men in the movie so Dion Cole plays um, their father yeah the Adolf Caesar role yes who is absolutely stunning in that role he's so mean and I cannot get his performance out of me in any way and then Lou Gossett Jr. who I did not know was still acting is playing his daddy which which was such a nice like surprise in the film because I didn't know he was going to be there also um what's the guy's name who played Harpo cannot think of his name but I really enjoyed him and like just I felt all of the hullabaloo around it and like how people are being treated and you know stuff with Taraji and Oprah and everything I feel like what's getting lost is the performances Taraji Mm. did so well and I loved her voice in this role as Suge Avery and it was just the right amount of sexy for the time period and for the role and um what else was I gonna say and then of course you know I love Halle Bailey and all things that come from Parkwood. So I thought she did really, really well 
in okay. capturing the nuance of Nettie and Mister's relationship. Of course, Colin, Domingo, all that. But I, mm-hmm. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic, and we got okay. a better, like, more whole ending um, okay. than the movie. Okay. You see, there's going to be a um, purple rain. I did not. Yeah, they're, they're adapting Purple Rain to to Broadway. Yeah, I saw that. Um, yeah, Londell, Londell's involved with it. He's Wait, they got... Put it yeah. Um, yeah. Purple Rain ain't meant to be... Okay, can we have a real conversation <laughs> about Purple Rain? They, they doing it. I need to have a real conversation about Purple Rain real quick. Purple Rain... I love Prince. I'm a Prince fan. I'm especially a Prince and the Revolution fan. Purple Rain is not actually a strong movie. Is not a is not a super super strong plot. I mean, it's cool, but like they gonna have to do some rewrites to adapt it to to stage. I get it; it's a musical, mm-hmm. but the plot isn't strong enough to carry a stage play. I wonder who they're gonna get to play the kid. Right. That's gonna be a very interesting. Uh, I feel like. Casting. I have I have opinions about Lundell as in as in Prince's estate and hold but I'm gonna shut up. Yeah, let's let's, let's keep moving. So anyway, okay. yeah. <laughs> so moving on, um, I wanted to mention, uh, oh man. So the other day I'm watching watching the watching the internet, and these niggas tell me that some aliens are going to the mall in Miami. <laughs> Okay, like, I saw something about this, but I wasn't clear on what the whole situation was. They was claiming that all these cops came because there was these eight to ten foot aliens in some mall in the middle of Miami. I'm like, wait, we've been waiting hundreds of years to get real contact with these alien folks, and they went to the mall in Miami. And niggas, this is. You know, it's a trip now. It's kind of like, not that it doesn't happen before, but it's happening more and more with the internet. These people kind of take these hoaxes and these things and they really try to make them, they try real. to turn them real. And they, they, you know, I'm, watch, I'm watching now. I'm watching now. And when you more. disprove them, they just say yeah, it's, it's, it's a part of the conspiracy. Yeah, see, yeah. yeah they, they didn't want you to really know what happened. Which is the problem with conspiracy. This is why we can't fight conspiracies. And we're in so much trouble this election. I keep trying not to think about it. You can't fight conspiracies because the ability to disprove a conspiracy only strengthens a conspiracy theorist idea that it's a conspiracy. Yeah, because I'm watching it in, in live time it. now. They're, they're trying to drum up the story that Bonnie Willis was paid her so-called ex-boyfriend, I don't even know if it's true, over a million dollars um, for something to do with the Donald Trump case, which to me is straight bullshit. Listen. But it's just that I'm, I'm gonna Trump, just say Trump, this. Trump, Trump said this before, so he wants to drum up because he knows this this that case is cut and dry. He's on he's on tape. That that's that's not even so he's like, what can I do to, to spoil it? Go ahead, bro. What's gonna say? I'm sorry. I just gotta say this. <laughs> There's a fucking direct line to people who thought that them aliens was in Miami <laughs> and the same people who thought uh 5G was giving out the COVID. Absolutely. Okay, and, and and there's a direct line from that from, from this like it's all the same niggas. It's always the same niggas. They're the same niggas that don't think Bill Cosby raped anybody. It's the same like it's all the same people. I they don't want you all to know. the same who think all like everybody's people. on Jeffrey Epstein's list. Yeah, 
but like but like not understanding what jeffrey epstein's list really means like type shit who are now the same people who are listening to jaguar right they're not that bright they're not they're not they're not that bright that's really what it comes down to right like people are and this is it really like i say it half jokingly but it really is a crisis and it frightens me people are so much stupider yeah. than they were 20 years ago like both like actually factually like data supported our our literacy levels have dropped uh by i think two grades in the last 20 30 years mm. our average american literacy levels but also media literacy just does not exist anymore like no. it's in the toilet and like the internet actually like what should have made it's it's weird. Like the more information you put at people's fingertips, the less the less capable they are of actually processing it and synthesizing it. It's yeah, wild. because they just want the headlines and and discuss the headline because reading something takes too much time because everybody's no, people, so accustomed. Go ahead, go ahead. People, people, people are looking for affirmation and not information. They are looking right, for the nugget. They, they're looking for the nugget. Of 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 anything that can make their predisposed, um, preconceived notions feel like they're legitimate. Mm-hmm. It's 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 the idea of anybody who is successful in Hollywood needing to have to be gay if you're a man, right? Like like it, it's so beyond comprehension. Like it's. I, I've stopped in gay COVID uh, showed me and reminded me all of the people that were in my class that, that, that read with their finger under the word, right? Like it, it, right. it reminded me of all of those people who were just not, they're just not critical thinkers. They don't do mental checks. They don't, no. they don't even say, where's the source. They don't even say, like I saw a video the other day of somebody with a dead mouse in a oh, yeah, McDonald's coffee cup. And I'm like, you do realize that the video starts with the mouse in the coffee cup, exactly. right? Like you exactly. like you recognize that, right? Like and and I, I'm just I'm fascinated by yeah. how people eat this shit up and gobble this shit up. It's yeah. it's 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 disturbing, it's frightening, and I I realize that a lot of people um aren't smart. No, they're not. I they're won't not. say that they're stupid. They're just not smart. They're not. Yeah. They're not. They just don't do any due diligence. They don't cite sources. They don't vet sources. And I just it's remember. It's not even like a lack of critical thinking at this point. It's a lack of thinking altogether. Altogether. Period. Period. They're not yeah. even doing the basic, the, the bare bones of due diligence, right? Like, I remember there was a basic. Anytime we were in school, and I'm just talking about my experience. Whenever you did current events, whenever you had to do a current event, you had the five W's, right? You had who, what, when, where, why, and then you had how, right? Like how, yeah. all of those things had to be answered, you know what I'm right. saying, in a journalism class, right? When you, we, and you, and we had a journalism class, Even right? Even in like, the you, basics of like essay writing, storytelling. Essay well, writing. Yeah, that was regular writing English. Writing your sources. Where did yeah. you get this from? How reputable is this source? It's like, you know, this is why niggas are still running around 
citing the Willie Lynch letter, right? Like, because they just have no... Or Dr. CB. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, what are you talking about? Like, I've recognized that I'm not fighting that fight anymore. Yeah, you gotta move on. you niggas think that the aliens... Like, I'm I'm, I'm (laughs) of the belief... I'm of the belief that we're not alone, right? Like, I'm not... That, nah. I'm, I'm not that crazy, right? But they but, ain't going to the mall in Miami. Why would they be in the mall? Like, why would they be in the mall in Miami? They was going oh, to get drip, nigga. They was going, they was with, I mean, and first of all, what mall they was, was doing it? the post Christmas sales? They, like, no, they was going to get the Annie's uh, pretzels and shit. Nigga, nigga, like, what are they we were going to Bed Bath and Beyond for them wallflowers was on sale. The, the they in a, they in a, they in a, they in a fucking journeys, nigga, buying New Balances and crying. Yeah, what were, are we doing? They was at here? the Foot Locker. What are we doing? <laughs> yeah, it's just it's crazy, man. It's it's really sad how, like you said, the critical thinking and the sight sources. And the thing is, the 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 right right wing media seems to understand that. Well, you I don't understand is the right word, but use it more than the left wing. And I'm saying the left wing are angels. I'm not saying that at all. But the right wing plays on that kind of lack of critical thinking and feeds, yeah. which is why when you see kind of sometimes you see guys go out at a Trump rally or whatever and interview the people and they just kind of regurgitating whatever they yeah. see on TV with no well, critical thinking to it because really they're like, hey, at, it's on Fox News or yeah. Newsmax. The right so is really is good is. at controlling talking points. Exactly. Um, the reason that the left is not, so I mean, and and but, the, but I think people on the left don't realize is that we fall for the same thing in a different, but it looks different, right? Like, there's still a confirmation bias. Like, people who want to believe Biden ain't doing shit if you put out some bullshit about Biden, like I remember when somebody talked about the crack pipe exchange or something, the number of people that ran with that. And I was like, it ain't even, it was a fire. It started as a Fox News talking point. Like that's not even what it was. Exactly. Like, so we do the same shit, but we like to, I think we're actually more gullible because we think we're smarter. So we mm-hmm. just assume that whatever we think is probably closer to right. So it's, on it's bad on all sides. I just yes. I want what I do want is like what I realized when the media did that whole pivot to video thing and it became much harder to actually find just written synopsis. Like I'm I'm one of the few people who still prefer a written synopsis to video, especially if I'm you have my phone out in public or I'm in a line or something like that. I don't always want to watch video or listen to something. Um people have reading is a practice you have to maintain mm-hmm. once you get out of school. If it's not something you have to do daily as part of your job, aside from, you know, reading instruction manuals or emails, like actual reading long form content is a, it's a practice. And if you don't do it, you won't yeah, do you it. Won't. Like it's a, it's a, it's an exercise. Mm-hmm. So I would encourage people to, Make it your business to try like at least once a week, like actually read, read an book. entire like New York Times article. You know what I'm saying? Or yeah. something like long form, not a not a not 450 word blog, yeah, not a TikTok not a blog, <laughs> not the captions on a TikTok. Like because it it will help you increase your attention span and your ability to retain information. That's part of the problem. Like we have the average attention span is getting shorter, literacy levels dropping. Like mm-hmm. all of this is bad, right? Mm-hmm. And, all and bad. I think, and, and I agree with you. And I also think that there's, there's definitely a lot that um, correlates with the news, the news 
industry mm-hmm. struggling financially and mm-hmm. moving to this incentivized click engagement yeah, strategy. Gossip, gossipy type of thing. And and so what you're getting is you're getting um reputable sources, right? Places that you would normally have considered reputable right. when you were growing up, saying things like they'll have like a fucking seven paragraph article about something and at the end of the article it'll be like well no evidence was actually found and this is all alleged right Right. and so and so you you know people are not they're just and again if you did this based on multiple sources or you sort of actually read the entire article or sort of are able to have critical thinking and read between the lines and and to be quite frank understand what words mean right like mm-hmm. you would be able to notice that but i just think that we're at the point now where like you said the literal the literacy levels all of those things have combined for a bit of a perfect storm of misinformation and it is very it's just easier now because people are so engulfed and they're so in a bubble and they so want to believe it and we are not allowing in my opinion we don't really allow the challenge of conversation in our homes as much mm-hmm. anymore. Right. I feel like like we 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 almost indoctrinate our children in a way that doesn't allow them to exercise, you know, those abilities to make those judgments, right? Like this is your news source, this is what we think, this is how we move, and we don't really house, allow that engagement. If I asked a question or I made a statement, if I asked a question, I had to go look it up. If I made a statement that my parents thought didn't make sense, I had to be able to support it. Like we need to go, we need yeah. to get back to the uh, encyclopedias. Listen, yeah, I got grounded and had to read the dictionary, my nigga. Not a joke. Yeah, exactly. Well, my thing was, if I asked the question, I had to go look it up and come back and give the answer, but not just give the answer like verbatim. Understand, like walk me through. My thing was with my with my kids was walk me through how we got here. Like, like, let's let's get to the root of how we got to this conclusion. And why do you think this is correct? Not even that you're wrong because you're wrong. just makes a person defensive. Right. Like, tell me, tell me where we got this information. And then once I start with that, it turns into, oh, and then I'll say, oh, well, let's you know, let's look at the source. Right. You know, is this a reputable source? Do you feel like this is a, does that make sense to you? Like when you break it down and now you can start to see arguments sort of just, you know, collapse right right in front of your eyes. And, and, and sometimes you're challenged, right? When you allow your kids to do that, you allow them to challenge you and say, yo, dude, maybe you should take a wrong. The voting record of your exactly. fucking senator. You know what I'm exactly. saying? Right. Exactly. Yeah. The other thing, though, is that the age of influence has also been to our our detriment because we because we're past the age of information and the age of influence. And what it's caused, actually, is like, especially since 2020, this idea that act, the more credible you are to give your opinion on something like the less some people actually want to trust it. Like just because you got your degree in this and you work in this field don't mean you know everything. Yeah, actually, yes, the fucking what are you talking about? Or yes. that the truth and science are subjective. Right. Yeah. Well, not, nigga. Right. well like, in my opinion, it ain't, so it ain't your opinion, nigga. Your opinion it is what doesn't it is. matter. <laughs> yeah, like how some COVID are, is moving, nigga. Like this right, is how like, it's moving. Like some things are immutable. Like you can't change them. You can't change it. Like, it's like, like it is what it is. 
and there's research to verify it. And people will be like, well, there's research that can verify anything. Okay, there's there's invalid research and there's valid research, but it's just like I think about, you know, what you call it. This is a this is a random example, but it frustrated me for some reason. I saw a post. Um, I've seen two posts about Gilbert Arenas talking about shit that's got nothing to do with basketball lately, mm-hmm. right? Like one of them was Gilbert responds to Cat Williams, and and the other one was something about Gilbert talking about Harvey Weinstein, and Halle Berry, and I'm like, why do we yeah, care what Gilbert Arenas has to say about any of this shit? You know what I'm saying? It's just little stuff like that. Like, why Consider are you why are you picking that up? And carrying mm-hmm. it like is it that slow and why is that a head why is that a headline? Why, why is that headline? Jason Lee know before the Associated Press that the Queen of England is dead. That yeah, like exactly. what are we doing, people? Like it's what like why and then, and then, and then she died, guess, why she are you late and niggas was like Jason was right? It's like niggas he was, <laughs> she was alive at the time. <laughs> what are you doing? Like why are y'all listening to Jaguar Wright, who was a backup singer? Jaguar who got Wright. a solo career. Uh, like, people be like, she oh worked with Jay-Z. She sang backup for an unplugged. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what? And that's really it. That's, that's it. Really what it. are you yeah. talking about? Yeah, yeah. Now she out here talking about Patty. Got yeah. ran through by the Temptations. This is yeah. y'all's fault. It is. This is y'all's is. fault. So, um, uh, next thing I wanted to mention was uh, the Golden Globes. Did, did y'all watch? No. No, I caught it maybe 30 minutes in. Okay, yeah, I watched. I watched. It was on. I put like, (laughs) it was on. I kind of glanced it back and forth. Um, Joe Kay, who was the host. uh, Joe Coy. Joe Kay. uh, Joe Coy, excuse me. He he caught an L. He and he, he, and he I saw an article today where he admitted he was like, God, my shit was whack. I caught an L. Yeah, every He's, time he was on that screen saying something, it was the blankest stares. Yeah, <laughs> I could imagine like, in that audience. What? Yeah. So what are you he, doing? He said he got the gig. He cur- they didn't confirm the gig until ten days before the shoot. The, ten the days shooting. is a long time. That's not an excuse. It's not an excuse. I'm just saying what he said. He said so they were writing. I know, and and, and I actually, I actually like, I actually like dude, Mm -hmm. but he does a lot of his humor is what I like to call first, um, first generation immigrant comic humor. Yes, which is, you know, my parents. Yeah, right. Like once they leave that space, they cannot fucking adapt outside of the comedy of their community. Yeah, and everybody's not everybody's not a first generation immigrant, bro. So everybody's also 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 we don't really care. Every everyone's mom, everyone's (laughs) mom did the same shit. We all you you know your mom made you eat rice every day. Niggas moms made them eat oatmeal or grits and lima beans or whatever. It's not that different, my guy. It's not that different. (laughs) Yeah, so he caught an L. Um, Beef won a couple of awards. Jeremy uh, Jeremy White won uh, Best Actor. Um, Beef, I, I don't know the, the category, but they won like a big one, maybe like Best Series or something. So they won a yeah. big award. Uh, and the the Black Girl won. Um, Ayo Edabiri yeah, from she won The Best Bear. Su- yes, she won Best Supporting. Uh, yeah, to she the won Bear. Best Actress in a Comedy Series. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, Beef, Beef and The Bear both won awards. yeah, yeah. Beef and the Bear both were, were multiple winners. Um, I was I confused by some of the nominations. Yeah, um, by, by the categories, I was like, "Wait, what? This is a little yeah. like comedy." And then they had funny? a Best Stand Up um, yeah. Award, which was the first time they were awarding it. 
And that category was abysmal. Yeah. I don't know who decided. Um, yeah. Because what? Yeah. It just doesn't, this, this year wasn't, uh, like, you know, the Golden Globes is always known for, you know, people drinking and stuff. So it kind of gets a little raucous. Well, the Globe and, has been struggling for a minute because yeah, they didn't dope. have it. Was it last year or year before last? Year there before. was some point where they didn't have it because um, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, which is the organization behind the Globes, was getting called out even more so than like the Academy of Arts and Sciences um, mm. or like bias and lack of representation mm. and some other stuff. So I think it was year before last they didn't have the Globes. And then last year it was like digital. It was like yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, was yeah, your boy, right? Gerard Carmichael posted last year. I think so. And Gerard, I think, opened the show with, like, I'm here because I'm Black. Yeah. yeah you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. I'm hosting because I'm Black. So the Globes is kind of, like, struggling, which is why they ended up with Joko as a um, host. Because yeah, because Chris every, turned it down, right? Chris every, and um, Several hosts turned it. Several people Chris turned Rock it. Chris Rock and uh, they mentioned whole, two. Chris Rock and A whole and bunch of people else. turned it. I, heard, yeah, I remember down. hearing about oh, oh, Ali Wong. Ali Wong. Right. Oh. I remember hearing about a couple of other um, folks who also turned it down because the folks are just like, fuck y'all, basically. Yeah. So this is where they ended up. So the Globes is kind of struggling. It's not the it's not the party award. Yeah, it ain't the party anymore. that it used to be. Yeah, it ain't, it ain't yeah. rocking like that. The um, broadcast it, itself felt really clunky. It was like it it everybody was, it was too many people in the room or something. And it was yeah, and then the, beef, to get beef, to the stage. beef kept winning, but they was way in the back. Right. It, <laughs> it was, would take like And that's probably because of the, the, the scandal around beef, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah so I, I had forgotten know. about that. Um, did y'all see this, um, the 21 Savage trailer? Come on now. It has to be a parody. This isn't like it's an not. extended. Yeah, like season of Atlanta. <laughs> what? The, I th- what? 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 A man you are older than right now. What I suspect. Was younger. <laughs> what I suspect, and I, I don't know because who is shit. who is supposed to be playing Twenty One? Donald Glover. Donald Glover. Why? For what? He's supposed to be playing Twenty One. How? Yeah. I, exactly. So, so exactly. I, what I suspect is that I don't think I don't know if it's going to be a movie. You think it's maybe secretly a trailer for a Twenty One Savage project on the yes. Low? Yes, okay. I think it's a 21 album coming. And it'll probably will be like some type of, you know, five, seven minute thing or whatever. But um, I don't think it's going to be like a, you know, a, like a 90 <laughs> minute movie on Netflix, you know. What's hilarious is um, Bomani Jones reacting to who they cast to play him in the clip when 21 Savage is on a Levitard show and Bomani is there with the three panel. Like that yeah, clip yeah, yeah, yeah. is part of the trailer, and I, I live for people <laughs> reacting to things like this. It's I, I know y'all. I, I like I fucks with Glover, man. I fucks with he's a Libra, by the way. I fucks with Glover, man. I, 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 I mean, he. I'm not saying he always hits it on the mark, but he always makes it interesting. Whether he you love it or hate it, it. He is, it's always gonna be interesting. I, it's gonna be. I mean, listen. I'll I'll say this. I'm good with I'm usually good with his art. Him as a person, though, I have questions about. Um, but speaking of trailers, one that just dropped today that I'm very interested in. Um, Netflix is doing a special on the making of We Are Are the World. Uh, I think. Oh, really? Very 29th. Um, because I have always wondered ever since like I started actually having to wrangle artists and realize how hard it is to get artists in a room to clear a track for charity to do all of that type of shit. I've always been fascinated 
I mean, nobody but Quincy Lionel and Michael, even in the 80s, could have even made this happen. But like, didn't it happen are, after the American Music Awards? Or apparently, yeah. everybody came yeah. straight from the AMAs, right? Which and they were part night. of the reason why they were able to get everybody there. But they're gonna. So there's a special of the making of and some unseen footage and the fights and the arguments and the who to I'm climb. Excited. I am so racist. That's on Netflix, January 29th. I'm fascinated. Okay, I, I want. Yeah, I thought you were talking about the clips the, of the Michael King. looking at them. Oh yeah. wow! All crazy when yeah. they were trying to hit them notes. I mean, I thought you were talking about Regina King. The Regina, oh, Regina King has a, a Shirley Chisholm uh, movie coming out. On I'm Netflix excited as about well. that. Yeah, I'm her so first, excited to see first, Regina back. Yeah, I'm excited to see Regina back. Soccer. Also, there's a Nikki Giovanni doc on Netflix. Right, it's dropped yesterday, I think. Oh yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, I'm with that. It's called To Mars or something like something to Mars. Okay. Travel to Mars, Journey to Mars. I think it's on Netflix. I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix. Yeah. I was going to mention um, Stamped from the beginning, which is. It came out I think in November. That. Yeah, I it's, like it's, it's, it's really well done. It's really well done. It's, I mean, it's it's a tough watch. It's a lot of shit. That's... Yeah, I got to get in the right headspace. I'm gonna watch it, but like stuff like that, I got to be in the headspace. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. But it's it's a really it's a good watch. It's worth watching. <laughs> um, uh, let's mention. Um, I, I guess you know it's just nice since you got your your little degree and all that. <laughs> <laughs> Since you know fucking thing, <laughs> let's mention uh, Harvard. Oh, um, so Claudine Gay, Claudine Gay. Yeah, Claudine Gay, who was the first black uh, female president, or the first black period. Black, I think black. Yeah, black. Yeah. black and black and female. She black was, and like, female president yeah, of Harvard double. um was ousted. She was set up, listen, it was going left from her from the time she came under fire um, for her comments on Israel and Palestine um, during, at the height of the conflict, at the beginning of the war, um, and people have been on her neck ever since. But there was a campaign really to kind of get her out of there by any means necessary. Mm-hmm. And she ended up resigning um, under the guise of like, Plagiarism. Of course, the news report said it was pressure about accusations of plagiarism, but that really wasn't true. She was just under pressure because she saw they were going to stay on, like she had no choice. You know what I'm saying? Like she didn't have the approval, um, the public approval to be able to do her job properly. Yeah, Um, because the plagiarism thing wasn't legit because when you do big research papers, as you know, you you cited sources and you quote them in your paper. Yeah, but that exactly. kind of goes back to what we're talking about with the media being clickbaity. Like the find the the fact that like the way it would be phrased was um resigned amidst like accusations of, but she didn't resign, like that's not why she resigned, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it sparred like a conversation. We you know, we saw this happen with like Nicole Hannah Jones and her not being able to um get uh her tenure chair at mm-hmm. UNC um a few years ago there is a thing with with black affirmative people. action you know, yeah the, well, you know the repeal of affirmative action but black people in high positions in academia like I saw someone say that they are no longer going to celebrate the first black anything at this point because it's a setup right on the low like in 2023 it feels like a setup but there also mm-hmm. is the idea that like the first marginalized person who finally ascends to a high level position. Academia can be a very toxic place. Like 
hugely so. It's it's it, there's mm-hmm. a lot of bureaucracy. There's a lot of red tape. Um, there's a lot of like you know unspoken rules and 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 whatnot. And then of course schools, privately funded institutions especially have boards and you know all of that type of shit. Um, and it can be as bad as politics because there are politics involved as well. Mm-hmm. And there is a prevailing belief that usually the first marginalized person to ascend to any senior level position, whether it be chair of a department or something else, is actually there as a setup. Like like you're there to maybe appease something optically, but you're going to have so much thrown at you that you actually can't manage, you know, that that. You're, it's only a matter of time before you're out and people can say, see, we did it and it didn't work, mm-hmm. right? Or or you end up ascending to a high level of like a department that's already failing and they expect you to turn around immediately, you know, like something like that. So um, I think, but in this case, in the case of um, Claire Gray, one of the things was that somebody said this and I'm, and I'm not sure if I believe it and I'll be honest, I don't know enough about what she was doing at Harvard to have an opinion. She's only on in there six months. She didn't do right. shit. But, <laughs> you know but there was this opinion that she was that she was in there because I, I of the mindset that she was there more to kind of not so much advocate. Like she was never going to advocate for this for black students and marginalized students. She was more gonna kind of help them acquiesce, if that makes mm. sense. I don't I'm not saying I agree with that, but it's kind of somebody kind of brought floated the thought that like she thought she was one of them other blacks again i'm not saying i agree with that but i've seen this be part of the conversation but mostly it's just frustrating right that people would go on the equivalent of really kind of like a witch hunt mm-hmm. to get you know this person out of position but this is what we're dealing with in academia right now like the the ability at private institutions of of black people to hold any position of power without folks acting like it, it it automatically means that they were unqualified and undeserving for the role just because they're black. Like, well, they got it. Got it with the whole uh, you know asking her about um, uh, anti semitism anti semitism. Yeah, and and instead of kind of just you know standing on standing on business as the kids say and just being like, look, we don't accept any anti semitism any, of any kind. The answer she was very she vague. Tried to do, yeah, it was very vague. She tried to do the both sides of the coin type thing and they got her, you know what I'm saying, well, off that and they just kind of ran with it because they were clearly out to, to get her out of there, like you said, because yeah. these institutions are have been institutions for hundreds of years and they don't like change and they don't want to see a black person or a Latino person or whatever in the front of it. And as we saw, there's very, a lot of issues with um, more and more uh, minorities getting in, into these institutions as students. And that could become an issue too. So they, they, they have endowments that are worth fucking goo gobs of money. So they're going to start doing more and more nasty shit because they want to keep it theirs. We weren't never supposed to be there. You know what I'm God bless the kids who go to Harvard and Yale and Brown and you know all the Ivy League schools and Stanford. But that, it's not a, an institution it, that was. It wasn't for us. It wasn't and for us. And, I, and I'm going to tell you something else. And there's something about the thing about liberal institutions. Liberal institutions have a level of, even though they are liberal, actually like almost the more liberal 
the more uh, covert exactly. bias there is. Because the smile on your face racism well, and yes, they're doing wild shit behind people, your back. And because these people believe themselves to be above it, they don't they don't have the self-awareness to check it. You know exactly. what I'm saying? And I'm not and racist. Also, and also because I voted people, for Obama. <laughs> exactly. And also because these people come from so much privilege. Mm-hmm. They don't they have no self-awareness to check it. So it is it I, I'm not gonna front. Like I would not, I'm not so much of the mindset of well, we need to just teach our own and be in our own spaces and whatever, because that doesn't help either, because then you're turning out, you know, whole droves of people who've had no exposure, no different points of view, no different, like, college, for better or for worse, college. But you know what frustrates me about that when people college say College is where students start to form their worldview. Like, they need to I be got you. different. But what frustrates me about that, and I know it's it's, it's uh, Pollyannish, I guess, for lack of a better term, but it's so frustrating when people say, you know, we need to make sure like our kids get a worldview but they send their kids to school and they don't get a worldview so it's kind of like we, we force our kids to go to like uh sometimes to go to pwi so it's like i don't want my kids going to no, school I'm, black talking kids. About, I'm not saying i'm, I'm, not, saying I'm not talking about the kids i'm talking about teachers okay that we should only teach at hbcus because first of all there ain't that many uh, there ain't that many positions available for everybody black who True. is in higher education to only teach at an H at an HCBU, I mean HBCU. But secondly, I do believe that, like I know, for example, we don't have a whole lot of black students in class. Them niggas be in my office all the time. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I bet they, they do, yeah. They in my there's we only have two full-time black faculty members. I'm the only black woman, there's a black man. They stay in my office already. I've been there a semester. So it's like I I see the importance of me being there, right, at Tisch, at NYU, for the students who were there, and to help some of them navigate. Like, I have, you know, I have one student who, like, most of her friends went to Spelman, and she's kind of like, I was starting to wish I had gone to Spelman. I feel like it's kind of my responsibility to help her navigate while she's there, right? So it's like, I... I, I don't think the answer, because I also believe that it's only a matter of time before they come for HBCUs, even though these institutions... Oh, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Even though these institutions Absolutely. have been in existence since the late 1800s, like, they're... like if They're they already bugging with the funding. Yeah. yeah. If they can find a way to get them out of here, that's coming. So I think that the... I understand why for some people the answer is we just need to stay the Black, created, Black-owned... I also believe the reality is that the United States is not set up for us to be able to thrive past a certain point solely in black owned, black created, all black spaces. Like at some mm-hmm. point they're going to be broken up. That I so we have to have some level of integration and assimilation to a point. Like just in order to be able to exist, right? I, I think there has to be some kind of balance, but we are in a really precarious time because I also believe that anybody black in leadership in any predominantly white institution or company has a target on their back. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. It's Which true. is challenging. Cause it's like, especially for, if you're Gen X, we've always been taught to actually like, and, and I would say boomers too. Like we've actually been taught to strive to break ceilings and mm-hmm. be the first in rooms and, you know, change from within and do all this other shit that right now is actually getting people fired, ousted, yeah, executed, you know, all that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wanted to mention. Um, uh, I just want to mention your man, 
who attacked the judge. Uh, did, you see what, did you see what Judge Judy said? Judge no, what's your say? They showed Judge Judy the footage. And she said, I'm surprised nobody shot him. <laughs> Dead ass. She's like, how I'm do you get that close without court. anybody shooting It makes him? sense. Yeah, he jumped over two, two things to get yeah, to her very quickly. And that's and what she was like. How did they let he him wanted just... to kill her. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And he got and got her, like got his hands on her, like for yeah. for a little bit of time. You know what I'm saying? And it Judge took Judy's like, how did they shot him? To get him yeah. I, it would have been justified in shooting him. Yeah, he, well, he's he's double fucked now because he's got 13 new charges on top. Yeah, of Yeah, I saw a picture of him coming into court today. He looked mad. I'm like Hannibal Lecter. Like they have yeah, he's fucked. Cover mouth, cover whole shit. Yeah, and people are saying I've seen the argument that it's inhumane to have him restrained like that. And I'm like, did y'all watch the first video? Exactly. Because the last time we had him in court unrestrained, this other thing he jumped over the thing. Yeah, exactly. Yes. But he's fucked, and I know the COs are whooping his ass every chance they get in behind the bars, boy. Like you make you made us look crazy, nigga. I think they're just isolating him completely which yeah they spit in his food and all worse. that type of dumb shit yeah they they, 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 they yeah, he gotta he gotta he, gotta work, like, work he can't be out here with the rest of us no 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 he's he's out here he's he's wilding for real um wait damn my phone is stuck what the hell's going on, on my phone i had a good topic shit damn it um while you're looking for that I want to mention Lessons in Chemistry, which I told you so is bomb as shit. And I so watched good. it again. So good. So I could good. now want to read it. It's so, and you know what? It's so, like, there's so many layers to it, and they just keep unwrapping them and unwrapping mm-hmm. them. Like, every every episode gave me a surprise. Just the way they tied it What channel is this on? Uh, Apple Plus. Apple, 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 okay. Apple, yeah. Okay. It's right. so good. It was really, it was really great. And Brie Larson, like, people, don't like her for some reason, but she is dynamite in that role. She was nominated you know, for the Globe. I, just, I don't too. like her as who is she? Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. I don't like her as Captain Marvel, but I just I think no, I don't like don't what they're like doing. Captain with Marvel. I don't yeah. like Captain Marvel. I think I don't like Captain Marvel. But I will say that Brie was giving me a little bit of Betty Draper in this. Mm-hmm. Um, in this, but I think that's also maybe just like you know, slim blonde, you know, mid century white woman but yeah. at some point i really thought i was I, I had to remind myself that it wasn't the actress that played um betty draper on right that. january jones yeah, um january. i just i thought it was brilliant i'm so glad that you watched it so it was <laughs> i didn't talk about it with but it was especially great. the end like of second episode that punch in the face was crazy um, what else? Did I, watch? I can't remember anything I watched over the holidays. I watch a lot of shit. I watch. And I watch so much. Shit. That's the other so problem with binging. Like I and documentaries. And Candy Cane Lane was fun, even though I know nobody's. I like it. Even though I know nobody's watching holidays. I ain't watch that shit. Candy Cane Lane. It was fun. <laughs> it was a Christmas. It was a Christmas right. watch. You know, it was a Christmas watch. I, I, I found it fun. Okay. I found it fun. Did y'all? Has anybody watched uh, Dave's latest stand-up? I watched the beginning. It was mid. It was very mid. I did watch it. <laughs> I, I can't lie. I chuckled a few times, um, but I do need him to. You got to move away from this same punching down trans thing and all that. Like, bro, get on. off. Like the at topic, this point, bro. Like, at you this doing? point, you can't. At this, it's four specials, my nigga. Like at this point, it's a personal vendetta. You can't yeah. come else. Seriously. It's too much. Like, yeah. It's it's like, okay. You don't like them. It's cool. You keep moving, you know? Um, um I'm a, I'm a, I'm tapping to to bro for this in a little bit. 
<clears throat> um, uh, Martin Luther Martin Luther Majors um, had his uh, <laughs> had his, uh, his interview on Good Morning America yesterday with um who was that Christian Wilkerson? No, who was that? Who's I don't, I don't know. It wasn't Gail. She black. Yeah, it wasn't. It definitely wasn't Gail. I, I, I think Gail might have said nah. Um, and uh, he re- I, I don't I'm not quite understanding the um the strategy here because. He's interviewed. There, there um, is none. He has no yeah, publicist. Yeah, he's interviewed on on, on no, a, I can't. Uh, dropped him on ABC, on ABC channel, which is owned by Disney. Which is Disney. So like your yeah. your first sit down is with the people who fired you. You know, exactly. Not interesting. Not, and, and, and then you're doing this before you're doing this before sentencing. He's been convicted, but he hasn't been sentenced. So right. you don't want to say anything, maybe make a judge pissed off and hit you with even more more heat. I don't I don't quite know what he's doing, and he keeps sticking to if Coretta's got. King analogy. Which is awful. Like the fact that we have you saying that on tape to old girl and you mention it again in the interview is cringeworthy. That's a but the other thing is like to Inkless point, if Jonathan Majors does still have a comms team, he's definitely not following their advice. Everything he's done since his arrest has been the opposite of what people would usually advise. Yeah, like what is you doing? Somebody to do. Like and but and honestly, people might say I'm reaching and people have said I'm reaching on social media. Watching his moves actually confirms for me that he is a narcissist because only a narcissist, like an actual probably diagnosable narcissist, believes that they can bend the world to their will this way, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to do what I want to do because I firmly I'm going to have I'm going to launch into a public relationship. I'm going to be outside all the time. Um, I'm going to do it. I mean, break up a fight. I'm going to go to trial. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to go to trial. Like, I'm going to. Um, I'm wear, going, wear them suits from the sixties, like Mega Evers. Yeah, like I'm, and I'm going to do a sit down at the top of the year with the same company. That cost me my that fired me from my job. Like none of this is helpful. Like yeah. Kevin Spacey also was was Kevin Spacey was actually acquitted of his charge. You don't see Kevin Spacey, yeah, who's a much him. bigger star than Jonathan Majors, doing a sit down with no motherfucker body. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like like sidebar. What? I do think Coleman Domingo would be dope as Kang. I agree. I think that's that's yeah, a good he look. Said he's open to yeah. To that's I think that's a great look. I think that's a, an amazing look. Uh, well, what you got to say? Because I know you, you have some you have some issues. Oh, go with, ahead, Sean. Sorry. Well, Ma- well, Malcolm I don't really have. I don't, really have <laughs> I don't got much issues with him. I just I just think that he, um, one, I don't think he got no real niggas around him. Yeah, because the first thing, first thing, first thing, real niggas would have said was shut the fuck up. Um, yeah, nigga, what's he doing? He doing way he doing way too much talking. And um, what I find repulsive. It's probably the best word. What I find repulsive is that his use of Coretta Scott King is not because he's trying to say that Megan is actually his Coretta Scott King, or she he's is. Trying to say he's equal. that important. He's trying to make himself the MLK in this fucking equation, <laughs> and that is mind fucking boggling to me. Like. The fact that this nigga thinks that he has, he was on tape saying, I'm a great man. I do great things. My nigga, you're, you're an actor. Like, yeah. let's, like, like, this is my issue with celebrity and my issue with influence and my issue with 
what black Hollywood tends to do with people is that they put them in these spaces where it's like, oh my God, you got the, you know, everything is resting on your shoulders. Mm-hmm. You're you. carrying a torch. <laughs> carrying a torch. And it's making these niggas think that they doing something, you know, super spectacular. And it's like, look, I don't know, but I don't know everything about everything, but I don't know that this dude has been putting in the work in the same way that actors prior to him have been putting in the work. Yeah, he ain't no Sydney or Harry. I was gonna say he ain't even a Sydney or a Harry, let alone alone like a Belafonte. I mean, let alone MLK or Denzel, nigga, cutting checks. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, listen, Denzel might not do a whole lot of press. But a check gonna get cut somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's gonna pay for something. He's gonna pay for something. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, but but my thing is, it's like I, I get why he would do this because he again is you know, he's basically using his he's basically using this as an exit interview um for HR. Basically. Right? <laughs> he's basically going into his company to his boss and saying, Hey man, like, you know, I'm I'm I can figure this out. I can I can work around this. I think mm-hmm. it's silly to do this. This interview wasn't going anywhere. It would have been right. there after sentencing. Um and honestly, I just watching that relationship. Um, and again, I'm look I'm on the outside looking in. I don't know those people and I don't have any information in regards to those people but on the outside looking in it's a pretty it's a pretty weird um dynamic um it 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 seems like um there's this maybe codependency is the wrong word but it feels very codependent in that mm. like i need to i need to like pick you up and dust you off king and mm. this this i need you know the support system to hold me up mm. and you know and it's it's like my nigga, you know this. This could have been over. This could have been <laughs> over. This could have been over. You stressing it, it out? Yo, yeah, Megan is a woman of a certain age, and I am a hundred percent sure she is getting the voting rights pounded out of her. She is getting yeah. that. She's in the zone. She's in the zone, the and the rest of it does not matter. She's in the zone. Yeah, I mean, I mean, listen, I mean, I mean. <laughs> I mean, I think that that's, I think that that's also, um, that there are, and again, I don't know her, but I definitely think that there are women out there who are very adamant about black men that they particularly feel are being wronged mm-hmm. and they take on this responsibility, um, of nurturing and sort of shielding. I gotta be there for my king. Men. Right. Yeah, awesome. there's there's definitely a lot of that I feel. And and I'm not waiting for her. Two other things for Megan's concern. Megan uh is is a bird, and I think we just all need to come to terms with that. Bird might be strong. Bird might be strong now. She's she got okay, there's there's some there's some feathers. She's she's avian adjacent. There's some feathers now. There's some feathers peeking out, and I had forgotten that her marriage made me forget that, which I think was the point of her marriage. But Megan's a bird. But secondly, uh, Jim Brown was Megan's godfather, which just told me a lot. Was he? I also want to say, yeah. yeah, I I also want to say too. I think she 100% believes whatever he tells her. And I believe he tells her a lot. I believe he's selling her 
I believe he is selling her 4K Technicolor um, IMAX 3D dreams. Yeah, I don't about think, what, I don't what's think coming, for, I what's going to be on the other one side second, of it. Yeah, I don't think for one second that she's like purposefully, and again, I don't know her, right? Let me preface that. I don't think for one second that she's like sort of buying into this cover-up sort of thing. I think she fully and and honestly believes the things that he's saying to her because I think he does speak with a measure of conviction. He does this thing where like he doesn't really get excitable. Like even when he's sort of berating um the woman on the tape, right? Like there's yeah, still, yeah, a, yeah. still a very measured tone. Mm-hmm that exudes a measure of confidence and truthfulness that people tend to, you know, relate to those things. And so I definitely feel like it's that more, more, more than anything. And a, you know, Hey, you know, we, we kind of going to get you back on track and, and, and yeah. we going to, we, we going to defeat this. We going to work through this with God's we're plan and, and you know, and all we're, that we're sort a strong of black couple. <laughs> oh, Meg. Oh, Megan. Dang. Darn it. Damn. Uh, so, anyway, let's let's end it up with uh, what you got to talk about. Coming Kat. back, that's my only question. I was I saw, I think I saw a trailer a few months ago, but I ain't seen nothing since. Um, okay. <laughs> um, we got to end up with Cat Williams' an interview on uh, Shannon Sharp, the Club Shay Shay podcast, uh, featuring Shannon Sharp. Cat Williams was on there about a, uh, almost a week ago now, and he discussed it was a two hour and forty six minute podcast. He discussed many topics uh, about comedy, about, you know, the, the the so-called rituals that happen in Hollywood and, you know, his his uh, beefs or um, I guess beefs, the best term, with uh, fellow comedians. It's been a, uh, it was an entertaining podcast. It's up to about, I think, 30-something million views now in less than a week. So it's really exploded. Um I, haven't, I don't know if he's done any interviews since then yet. I'm sure we'll pop him somewhere else. Um, what did I think? I talked to a friend of mine. Uh, she said, I'll, I won't say her name, of course, but she said she thought Kat was on a manic rant. She Somebody said, else said they thought Kat was being manic. Um, I didn't think so. But you know. Here's the thing. I think that Kat, I think that Kat normally can seem I think Kat's personality could sometimes seem manic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Kat was being passionate. And I think that Kat also had decided that he was going to say whatever he was going to say, regardless of what Shannon was going to do. And was just enjoying the fact that, like, he had the floor. Yeah, because Shannon, Shannon, Shannon definitely Shannon, wasn't controlling. He was like, yeah, he was like I'm just, wild. Shannon was basically like a... Um, an audience member. Yeah, <laughs> like Shannon a, wasn't was controlling. It's, like, it's almost like Shannon was just giving him prompts and go. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I think that I I think that what we were seeing was Cat wasn't there to have a conversation. Cat was there to hold court, hold right? Court. And, and um, but I also think that like, yeah, I think that Cat because people like Cat sometimes seems bitter. I think Cat is literally bitter and upset because motherfuckers be trying to play him, right? But I think I think I because I do think that just watching I'm not in comedy but watching the arc of comedy and watching these people's careers because of I guess in part Cat's own personal shit mm. I think that Cat does get um, discredited. He is a 
smarter and funnier comic than Steve and said and and DL. You know what I'm saying? And a lot and Kevin. Um mm. he is a brilliant comic. He is a brilliant comic and people let the pimp shit like cloud yeah how smart of a comic he is um and i and i think that there in some of but like some of that is his own fault and his own choices but i do think there is resentment there i i think that to him is probably justified um and yeah he was like if you as long as you gonna let me talk i'm gonna keep talking until yeah. i'm done talking so i don't think it was so much manic as it was just cat was like shannon ain't gonna stop me so, yeah, so i'm gonna keep it going i'm gonna keep going yeah. like you giving me an audience and like and other people are like well some of what cat said was lying i think that it was Kat embellished still, someone said lying. he's still he embellished some of it but he's still a comedian so i think that yeah like, and i think that's also why shannon didn't really know how to react to him because do, you can't always tell cats being serious yeah or if it's a joke or yeah. and then, he posted, he then he posted a video of him running the four four but I, I don't think that was quite 40 yards it, it, <laughs> right okay it wasn't. It's not quite. It factually was not. And and nobody watches where the where the time starts. It was, yeah. Somebody was like, yo, it's been six seconds since he started running. What are y'all talking about? Right? So I, I'll let you guys finish. I'm just saying, I, 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 and I, admit, I, still shit, watched, I still haven't watched the whole thing in full. That's a long but what song. I will say is that all the people, I have never seen such an onslaught of responses to a pod interview in my Crazy. life. Yeah. Well, but, he talked about a lot of people. He did. He, yeah. talked, he talked about a lot of people, and they all felt the need, and some of them, rightfully so, felt the need to respond. And yeah. a lot of people he didn't mention responded. A lot of people That's he did mention was trying to catch the wave. A yeah, lot it of was mad he didn't catch the wave. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and and we can see that for what it is. But for me, yeah. So Ricky Smiley responding is fair. Yeah. Ricky because Smiley, he, I understand. But some of the responses were digs. Like Michael Blackston was like, this nigga. Like Michael Blackston was doing exactly what Kat accused him, him of. To do, yeah. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even consider... Like Michael Blackson to me is a joke in and of itself, right? Like yeah, I wouldn't yeah. even consider that a response, right? He is, you know, Cat was, I think, one hundred percent correct about right about him. What his situation <laughs> was with Michael Blackson, right? But yeah. what I'm saying is, is like to say Ricky, to, the two things that he said about Ricky Smiley. First of all, there were three things that were said, and I think that people have glossed over this, right? The suggestion that Ricky Smiley's son, um, uh, dying. Was 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 part of some sort of karma or, yeah, or, or payback? Up. Was a fucking low blow, yeah. and it was and it was very nasty, and it was yeah. very fucking. It was very uncalled for, yeah. right? But because we want to laugh at the other shit, like we ignore all of the wild shit that he said during that and interview because we want to laugh at the Steve shit or we want to say he's right. So. Ricky Smiley responds. Now, in my opinion, I don't think Ricky Smiley needed to bring some other man on the phone to yeah, confirm his old this. manager I, or whatever. I thought that was very teenagey. I thought that was very, you know, very sassy. But God bless. Um, do the things that you need to do. Q basically comes on and confirms yeah, what yeah, Ricky Smiley is saying. So mm -hmm. are we now supposed to not believe two people? 
especially the producer and the fucking guy. Well, but here's what Cube. But here's also what Cube said. Cube said the rape scene wasn't going to be shot. He didn't say it wasn't implied. He said he wouldn't. Done I'm it talking about. Camera. I'm talking about the Ricky Smiley reading. His whole oh, the reading the, the, the money this whole part. thing was yes. And Ricky Smiley was basically like, bro, I know what the fuck I read for. Like, yeah. how are you going to tell me what I read for? And and the reality was is that that was Cat's first role. Now, he stole the fucking movie. I don't think mm-hmm. there's anybody that's debating that. So he's 100% correct in that. And he clearly did the right thing. But to say that is is like, that to me is crazy. Okay, you 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 have a beef with Cedric about the stealing of the joke. And it appears, mm-hmm. based on... The the, the the video footage. evidence. Mm-hmm. Now I do want to say this. I don't know what the timeline was, and what and what and what I mean by that is, Kings of Comedies was shot in I think August of two thousand, and I believe they had already been on the. That was like the end of that tour. They had already been on the road for almost. They'd been on the road for like two years at that point. Yeah, because when I they saw Kings of Comedy, touring- it was just three of them. It was Steve, Bernie. And um, Cedric DL wasn't even on the tour at that point. It was was, exactly right. So they they had been touring for a very long time. So I don't know what it is. And like, and and listen, if Cedric stole the joke, which it appears he did, right? It appears that that is Mm -hmm. factually correct, right? Okay. Are we now saying that we never thought Cedric the Entertainer was funny? Like, are we now doing this yeah. thing where we're like locking well, in? But here's the or, thing, or I'm saying that he's not successful when he has several syndicated shows on. Right and I don't now. think it's that because somebody else said I'm not gonna not enjoy Cedric. I love Ced. I think Ced. Is, I think Ced deli- delivery style is really yeah. Funny. He's funny. Ced is funny. Ced is here's funny. the thing though. What Cat said that I understand is. That he had addressed the reason Cat came out with them guns blazing is that he was like, I had addressed this with said, and I guess whatever he had with Steve. I thought we were good for years. And then Say came on here and like said I made it up. That's what yeah. that's because I guess said had, had in his own Shannon interview brought yeah, it back up. You know, so he was Shannon like, that's interview. why I'm at. But I don't know. I don't know what the. I have to go back and look at what the context was. Was he asked that question or did he bring it up? Because that's two separate things. But aside from that, let's just say that's the case. And he points out Steve took Mark Curry's joke, mm-hmm. right? We can we can well, see Mark that. And, and, and but then, but then, but then, Bernie has also taken a joke. Yeah, we saw that. Right. Yeah, and yeah. no one said any. My, my point is, is like the truth got to be absolute, right. my nigga. You Comedian can't be still, halfway with the truth. Right. Comedian still jokes. That is All that the is the truth. Uh, where said is fucked up is that people pulled a old joke that Meshach Taylor told from designing women. So unfortunately for said, the optics were bad. Steve. It's, it now looks like a pattern. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Steve didn't even bother to respond because people already believe that Steve don't give a fuck about nobody but Steve because there is a there is a history of alleged tension between him and other comics, including Bernie, right? And Steve trying to undercut Bernie, which Bernie said himself. So I think some of this, like we talked about before, is confirmation bias, what people already believe of people. And you're right. Cat had some things he said were true. Some things were mixed in. Some things were unnecessary. Coming out to people's wives was unnecessary. Like, some things were unnecessary. 
Um, but it, but I think when you're talking about two and a half hours, and especially even we're talking about people's attention spans and media literacy, it is hard for people to separate because the fact is that some of the shit he said was no, I, not I, all I, of it, but some of it. Absolutely not. We are not going to sit here, and this <laughs> nigga is not going to tell me that he was accepted at college at seven years old, and nobody's going to ask him what college it was. But he's not doing that. Oh, he read three thousand books. Three thousand books a year. Somebody said something that I think I'm just going to put on the table. I'm not saying this is the case. Somebody was like that. Um, Cat kept saying that interviewers keep letting motherfuckers lie without checking them and would then tell an outrageous lie and they think he was doing it to prove that Shannon was challenging them on it. Because they ain't ain't want you to know. All I'm going to say here is (laughs) that nigga told some of the most ridiculous fucking tales barbershop shit. Absolute bullshit that I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) That doesn't and, and let me preface this. I think Kat is a great comedian. I have enjoyed his specials, but there were several things that he said that, that were easily disproven. Easily mm-hmm. disproven, okay? Cedric does have a special that's on Netflix. What are we talking about here? Yeah. We, <laughs> it's only like, one, but it is. But my point is, also, Cedric is very successful. Cedric is on his third. He's on his third fucking TV show that is probably that's going into syndication right now. This was definitely they've passed a hundred episodes on the neighborhood. Yeah, in in which, in in which, in which he's a fucking EP. Like, like we not we we uh, okay? Is he not doing? The shit that you're doing in stand up, I totally get it. And I and I understand Kat's point. Like, you know, Kat maybe doesn't have writers, but to say that you gotta be a writer to be funny and you can only do the material that you write. All right, well then my nigga, take Eddie Murphy off. Yeah. And take Richard Pryor off your fucking right. list. And, and Chris and, and Chris yeah. Rock. And Chris, and Chris Rock. Rock. And Dave and, and, Kevin and Dave and Red. And all of the fucking greats that you guys yeah. wax poetic about, like, don't sit here and tell me that shit about. And, and listen, I totally understand him having a beef, but I also think that there's certain people where they 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 create a boogeyman for inspiration. There's yeah. a little bit of that shit with Michael Jordan, right? Like Michael Jordan would take these super innocuous interactions with players and basically make up in his mind that they just called his mama hoe. And, and he got to go out personally. here. Yeah, he took it personally and now I got to <laughs> give this nigga 60, right? Yeah. Because LeBradford Smith said something. <laughs> you know, I mean, what are we yeah. talking? Like, that's the type of dude he is. Now, again, we we glossed over the fact, which I thought was very, very fucking terrible, for him to talk about people's wives. Those people's wives had done nothing to him. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Okay? It was uncalled for, and it was an unnecessary blow, right? Yeah. And, and, and then we just, you know, to watch people talk about this interview in such high regards, and then just totally ignore the fucking outlandish shit. Like, you read 3,000 books, a year, my nigga. As a kid, you're growing up as you a Jehovah's read, Witness. You read that doesn't eight, make sense. You read eight point two books a day, my nigga. Eight point <laughs> eight years old. Eight point two in a day, my nigga. Like, like you. And then some of the <laughs> shit with the time. Some of the shit with the timeline. Listen, I'm not gonna say 
I'm not going to tell a man his life story ain't real, right? I'm I'm not saying that. But I have questions in regards to the timeline of <laughs> when he was emancipated and was living in Cleveland and homeless in Florida. Like, some yeah. of that shit seems very... Nigga like, said he, he left the crib at 13, walked to a truck stop. <laughs> and and, <laughs> and the nigga was like, okay, cool, get in the car. And I'm like, uh, yeah. I, so like, I got <laughs> questions, bro. Like, I got questions, and 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 now I'm bested, right? Like, yeah. who went to school with this nigga? Who who, who who was around this nigga between like like seven and eight when he was reading but all I these guess, books? But I guess that's my question. So that and you're right about like I said, the why he didn't need to bring up the wives. That was unnecessary. He said some shit that was mean, and ugly. But how much of this do we think? Because again, Cat's still a comedian. I think he said a lot of true shit, though. I think he said a lot of true shit. How much of this do we think was intentional big fish shit? Not Cat actually trying to make us believe it, but Cat just talking. No, I think he, I think he believe. I think, I, I think he is sincere. I, I don't think anything he says is insincere, particularly when it comes to him. I think that a two hour and 46 minute episode in which they spend maybe about 15 minutes on his childhood, maybe about another seven or eight minutes on his uh, life as a dad, which he um, has, has consistently said is a very important um, part of his life. It's a very vital part of his life. The idea that he would have in his contract that, that one artist, would be able to put in his contract yeah, yeah. that another artist dress. has to wear a dress in order to work on said project is none of this works that way. <laughs> like none of this works that way. Now, now I'm not saying he's lying in what he believed because he might've told his agent, put that shit in my contract, nigga. And he better be in a dress next time or whatever the case might be. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But like, the interview was it was fascinating for one. I I I it was a struggle to get through because I just don't really enjoy those super long-winded podcasts like that. But more than more than anything, he 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 also announced that he was going on another hundred city tour. Yeah, he did. Right. Right. Which I think so, was the point of the interview in yeah. the first place. Did right. I think who was opening for him? Who? Oh yeah, uh, was opening Kevin. for him. Kevin's ex-wife. Oh yeah, Kevin's Kevin's ex-wife. Yeah, yeah. She and here's the thing. Here's the thing. Two things can be true at the same time. One, Tori has been working as a comedian. She's mm-hmm. been doing hosting. She's in those clubs. She's doing her thing. She's trying to, you know, you know, get that get that footing in there. One and two, he notorious not notorious because that's a negative connotation. He famously takes out. Young upcoming comedians, particularly mm-hmm. women. He's yeah. done this with a ton of yeah. women that had never really sort of crossed over that threshold. And he would take mm-hmm. them out. Melanie Camacho, Lunell, yeah. a bunch. You can name a ton of people that Cat does mm-hmm. that with. So his mm-hmm. generosity, his generosity, I think he's a kind and generous person. I also think he tells incredible tales. Mm-hmm. You can do both of those things. Yeah. Two like, things can it's be not, true. Yes, two things can fucking be true. Yeah, I like the interview. It, it definitely was a lot of barbershop talking there, but I think he said a lot of true shit uh, as well. 
Um, and it says generosity. People also came I, out. I gotta, I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to cut you off. Gotta, <laughs> the nigga said he runs a four three forty at fifty. Like my nigga, a four three forty is world class athlete level speed. My nigga, no that is not my nigga. That is world class <laughs> level speed. You, but you ain't seen the video. You ran a four four. You ran a four four in the video. There is no doubt in my mind. There's no doubt in my mind that for his age, he is incredibly fast and in great shape. That's not a doubt in my mind. I'm not okay. doubting. Whoever is starting the clock to make that nigga think he's doing that in four point three, or that he's actually running forty yards. Is doing him a fucking disservice, my nigga. <laughs> Stop. If you told if the nigga said, "Yo, I run a fucking four eight or some shit like that," then I could have stomach that, my nigga. A four three, my nigga. Deion Sanders at fucking twenty was running four two four three, my nigga. Yeah. Like this world, these were track stars. These are those are Olympic level right. numbers. But Sean, why didn't Shannon push back on that? That's what I'm saying. Because, I think that said some shit. Shannon was just a long for the ride. And it also he, 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 he's also he, so there are two things with Shannon. Shannon and people were talking about him being a journalist and all that shit. Like cut it he out. He's not, a he's not supposed to be a journalist. He said he's not a journalist. Shannon is an athlete mm-hmm. of a certain caliber, right? And when I say a certain caliber, he's a 1% of the 1%, my nigga. Mm-hmm. He's a gold jacket recipient, yeah. right? Absolutely. He is the cream of the crop, the best of the best. Those niggas don't argue with people who talk crazy about athletics. They just it's don't like, even ah, engage. Ah, man. Ah. They don't. <laughs> All right, nigga. Even for me, like, I, there's certain people when I'm in the barbershop that be talking crazy. And it's like, yeah, nigga, I average 30. Nigga, you was 17 playing against 14 year olds. Of course you average 30, right? Like I'm not, I'm not engaging with, went them, to the with them. I'm not engaging with the kind of nigga. So they, that's one. They just they they actually tuned dumb shit out like that. But two, I think that he has been taught to when when a guest is on a roll like that because of the way we get content now, you got to let them go. You got to mm-hmm. let them go because you don't know what nuggets you're going to get. Yeah, and, and it works. You got you, you them lick it up a little bit, right? And not, 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 Cat wasn't drunk. That's not at all what I'm saying, but no, you know no, what I'm no, saying. No. You got, he got a little get warm in him. He got a little taste. He got a little, you know what I'm Yeah, he got a little taste. He ain't driving, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what exactly. I'm saying? He ain't drunk, but he ain't going to get behind the wheel. So you got that going. And I just think he just kind of let him go. The reality yeah, is, with it. it was, it was, it was, I'm happy for Shannon. He's probably got a lot of things bubbling. I I just hope that he doesn't continue to book guests in this particular vein because then it turns into gossipy uh, response podcast and not yeah. like a fun. That's what I want to know. What enjoyable. they going to do with this? Are they well, going to keep booking these things Club Shay Shay, sorry, Club Shay Shay. Club Shay Shay is basically a gossip spot for men. Somebody actually said that already. But they like, said it was, uh, what's it called? What it was the shade. Was, uh, red table for men or something like that. Red oh, yeah, table. the red table talk for <laughs> yeah, men. Yeah, yeah. I'm I, not, I'm not I even really enjoyed the Kirk Franklin episode. 
Yeah, Kirk, yeah. Kirk, Kirk talks good. about it. Yeah. Yeah. Kirk, Kirk is Kirk is also funny. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like he also is naturally funny and has really stepped into um one of the he's one of the very few people that are um on the smaller side that has really stepped into that being a part of who he is. Like yeah, he doesn't yeah. really shy mm-hmm. away from him. He's in yeah. on the joke. He's gonna laugh a little bit, but don't get it twisted, my nigga. You know, you know, you know where the line is and you're not yeah. gonna cross yeah. it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, Kat, God bless him. You know, obviously he's gonna do fine and he's gonna do well. And I'm gonna, you know, try to go see his show because I fuck with his comedy. Mm-hmm. And that's what he does. Everyone is not doing the one thing I will say that I always admire, and he is correct, is that when he does an hour, he does a fresh hour. Yeah. He does yeah. not he does not recycle and repeat. Yeah, it's not a lot, a lot of repeat of shit. Yeah. And and I think that that's important. And um, I think that that's missing. And I think that that's why you only see comedy shows, you know, or specials from guys once every 18 months, two years, because it does take a time for you to work out that material and get mm-hmm. those, you know, right and work them out in the club and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, some of the shit he was saying was just. You know, niggas don't like Steve, so there ain't nobody paying. You know, yeah, nobody, nobody's gonna, nobody's gonna stick up for Steve. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, at, at all, and whatever. Steve, you know, Steve is like really one of the niggas that don't give a fuck. He's yeah, not he's one like, of them niggas. He's not one of them niggas that don't give a fuck, but actually give a fuck. No, he that nigga really don't Steve give a like- fuck. Yeah. He'd be like, I can't hear you on my money phone. I can't. Exactly. My money phone. I can't, like, I can't hear you on my jet. <laughs> I can't, I can't yeah. hear you. And, you know, my mansion is too big. The sound don't care. Yeah, exactly. All the way over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nigga. So that's it. We're going to wrap it up on that note. Um, piece of cat in this 4440. <laughs> Four three, uh, my nigga. Don't four, don't, three. don't short don't yeah, short. I mean, short honestly, four, peace to uh the club Shay Shay producers. They won the first week of the year. Ooh, man, the they killing was it. Was an excuse to not work. The YouTube checks and gonna be nice, boy. They, the YouTube checks gonna be chunky. Yeah, they're gonna be chunky. So yeah, that's it. We'll see y'all. Uh, we're gonna be more, more consistent in twenty four. Happy holidays, <laughs> Mama. Keep try, it a buck with y'all. Try to be keep it a buck with y'all. <laughs> We've been saying that shit since 2020, yeah. my nigga. Since 20, 2019. Yeah, we've been saying that since 2017. Uh, we've been saying that since we started taping remotely, whenever that was. Yeah. Um, Gotta keep it real with you niggas. That's probably not going to happen. Like we're, we're all gonna try. busy. We're gonna try. In fairness, <laughs> we, we, was, got a show, was shit, we got a show we did over Christmas and we didn't put up. <laughs> I know. We got to put that up. We got to put the law show up. In fairness... There was a time, because people have asked me this before, there was a time when we were looking to join with a podcast or media network so that we could actually like expand the show mm-hmm. and do all other stuff. And a couple of things went that fell through for various reasons, including one company just selling off that entire branch um, of their Word. business. But it actually worked to our benefit because almost immediately after that, all of our schedules went haywire. And yeah. if we were all still trying to tape in one place... In person, on camera, we wouldn't be It'd able be to impossible. do it. We wouldn't It'd be impossible. Like, it just wouldn't happen anymore. Yeah. Yeah, this is a this is, this is is a labor of love. We really do enjoy it. We actually do get along. Our group chat be on fire. If it has that group chat, I'm going to say I don't know nothing about none of this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know who we are. At this but, point. 
I don't know these people, man. I don't know. Another, <laughs> I, I wasn't in this. I don't know these people. We, ge- we genuinely are family. We all fuck with each other. We are, though. I will say this. We are trying to figure out when we can do and where it makes sense to do another podcast. Live. Yeah, yeah. that would be fun. Yeah. That would be that fun. We'll get to, to it. That was we'll fun. It, you know. That was a lot of fun. And, and. They lo- they didn't record didn't record the audio. I'm so mad that we never <laughs> be able to yeah. release and it. And that was a good show too. That yo, was a great yo. show. That was a great. When show. I tell you, when I tell you, I didn't want to choke a nigga out that bad. <laughs> in a long time. What are you talking about? There's no audio. We were I like, what? No <laughs> what do you think we hear no. for, nigga? We were so we were so we were so fucked up. I don't even think we even argued with the dude. Like we, it was, we, just, we were like, so deflated. It was we were like staring at the nigga like we, we were like, fucking dumbfounded. And also, like we could have had the whole thing filmed, and I didn't have it filmed because I thought we were gonna have audio. Audio, yeah. like. Yeah. We had goodie bags, nigga. We yeah. were we had, that night was popping. <laughs> yeah, it was lit. That was, was great. Lit. That was a great night. Yeah, yeah, let's do it again. Yeah, we'll so we, we are working on that. I All right, yeah. Happy New Year! <laughs> Happy All New Year! All right. <laughs> All right, y'all. We'll see you soon, hopefully. <laughs> Later. <Bye>. And that's what's popping in the world of entertainment. Thank you for listening to the Pop Life Podcast with Jeffrey, Naima, and Sean. Want to be a part of the show? We've got three ways you can get involved. Like us on Facebook. Send us your burning questions to poplifepodcast at gmail.com. And follow us on Twitter at Pop Life Podcast.